stops, she didn't even look at him. This is more serious than I thought. Apparently, your mother is amorously infatuated with you instead of your father. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Doc, are you trying to tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? Precisely. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? What? Episode 24. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome back to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Jake. And we're the Leftovers. leftovers. Hey, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I had a lot of fun last week with the old Meet the Leftovers uh, episode that we did. Yes, lots of fun. That was a great episode, I thought. <laughs> yeah, it was a fu- it was a lot of fun, and I, there was a lot of uh, listeners that gave us some good feedback on it and said that they really enjoyed listening to it, and and they were a part of it, cool uh, too, because they were the ones that asked us the questions for the episode, which I thought was awesome, and we got a yeah. lot of great questions and responses from our listeners, and I thought that was really amazing. Yeah, thanks everybody for uh, submitting and, and listening still, and and uh, it's nice again always to have the interaction. So very cool. Yeah, very cool. I might even have a co-host for my Ducktales podcast. It seems already. So. <laughs> I saw, I saw that. That was very cool. Very cool. Uh, let's see here. Now I wanted to talk a little bit about New York Comic Con. It's coming up October 10th through the 13th. Oh shit! Let's go. So, I would would love to go. Um, You know, I'm sure that we're going to hear a lot of great comic book news out of New York Comic Con. It seems like, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like you get a lot more comic book news than movie news from New York Comic Con, which I like. Yeah, Yeah. I like that too. You get more comic news out of C2E2 usually than you do San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you are attending New York Comic Con this year, make sure I'm gonna I'm gonna say this again. I said it before a couple podcasts ago, but make sure to keep an eye out for Sean Hamilton of Creating Studios and check out his amazing artwork or artwork while you're there. Uh, he would love to hear from you, and you know, let him know that you listen to Pop Culture Leftovers and that's where you heard of him from. And then uh, make sure to check out his art; it, it really is cool. And he will be at New York Comic Con this year. Awesome! That is awesome. I want to meet him. Fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, comic writer Mark Wade. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's kind of old news, but comic writer Mark Wade announced last month that he has bought a comic book store in Muncie, Indiana. Oh, wow. And he announced on his website that he and Christy Branch will be partnering with Jason Pierce to grow. It's called Alter Ego Comics. Cool. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. Like, you know, dude writes comic books he writes some really great comic books by the way and now he owns a comic book store so he put his money where his uh pen is i guess yeah and that definitely helps out other uh comic book shops you know gives them no you know that extra oomph you know because of all the 
digital downloading and stuff or just buying stuff online. It, you know, it, it's always you want to keep those stores around. So it's it's very cool that he's being a part of that now. Right. I agree because, you know, you know, comic book store, stores are kind of like a dying breed. And it's yeah. nice, nice to know that uh, he's still, you know, of course, he's he's contributing to the industry by, you know, writing these great books. But he also wants to help back it in another form, which I think is great. Awesome. Yeah. That is great. Um, Doctor Who fans are petitioning to turn the Empire State Building TARDIS blue for the 50th anniversary on November 23rd. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> are they uh, going to get in trouble for that? <laughs> absolutely not. There is a uh, tw- over 24,000 Whovians have already signed the petition over Woo. at change.org uh, to turn the lights of the Empire State Building blue for the day. Now, the Empire State Building is actually equipped with multicolored lights that can reflect holidays and special events like red and green for Christmas to green and white for Belmont Stakes and then even uh, rainbow for the New York City's Gay Pride Weekend. So cool. they're just wanting to throw some blue ones in there and make uh, the Empire State Building uh, look like the TARDIS. Uh, I think that's awesome. Uh, so if you want to see the Empire State Building turn TARDIS blue for one day, make sure to head over to change.org and sign the petition. I mean, every vote helps, and change.org can make a difference when it comes to a lot of these, uh, a lot of these petitions that they have. Oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't they get the uh, RoboCop statue made that we talked about the other week? That was a Kickstarter, I believe. Oh, it was a Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> but change.org, they, they're the ones that are trying to get Ben Affleck off of uh, Man of Steel 2. <laughs> uh, yeah. Somebody started uh, All that the over. power to him. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to happen, people. No. Uh, the Purge hits DVD and Blu-ray on October 8th, so make sure to go out and rent it, and then make sure to listen to our Purge podcast right after you do. Uh, we oh, did, yeah. Yeah, we did a Purge podcast a few months back, uh, so you know, just wanted to do a little – give you a little reminder that we did do a purge podcast so if you do rent the dvd or blu-ray or buy it make sure to listen to our podcast afterwards it's it's fun to do that you know if you haven't seen some of these movies that are coming out you know even iron man 3 came out recently we did an iron man 3 uh podcast you can go back and listen to that yeah so i think that's fun um i don't know uh i wanted to talk a little bit about some of the fall premieres that i've seen have you guys watched any new fall premieres i wish uh, no, I don't think so this week, no. Okay. I watched Eastbound and Down last week, which is playing tonight. It's on Sundays, but Eastbound and Down with Danny McBride. Season four, which we weren't supposed to get. Season three was supposed to wrap up uh, you know, Danny McBride's uh, journey as Kenny Powers. And they premiered season four, episode one, last Sunday. Uh, I thought it was cool. Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric and Jillian Bell from Workaholics were on the premiere. Very small roles, but they are... I don't know if they're going to be a major part of the cast this season, but it was cool to see him on the show. But this whole season, it seems to be getting Kenny, uh, Kenny Powers caught up. Uh, we're getting caught up with his life since we last saw him. Now he's you know married, uh, and he's got kids, and <laughs> he's fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's getting you caught up on his life, and it was, it was a pretty good episode. It's not like the Kenny Powers I'm used to seeing. And I think we're going to see more of him come out as the season progresses. Um, I think he's like kind of suppressed who he really is these last few years with married life. So more of a somber Kenny Powers. 
Yeah, well, he's trying to be more domesticated and like be right. the family man and like the working man, you know. And that's not him. He always wanted to be, you know, <laughs> Mister Party and uh, the life of the party. And he loved being the center of attention and and uh, you know and drugs. I mean, he was a big time into drugs and shit. So <laughs> this is. So uh, I wonder if he's just going to wreck it all. That's what this final thing's going to be about. Exactly. Just wrecking it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I don't, uh, I think it, they're leading kind of into that he might try to make like a comeback not in baseball again, but kind of like in sports commentating or like doing like one of those, you know, uh, Jim Rome type shows. Right, so, right. But it's, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting season. I'm just glad that we're going to get a fourth season because, dude, I fucking love Danny McBride. I watched This Is The End again today. Dude, nice. dude is so fucking funny. Yeah, I really want to see that again. He was great in that. And yeah. that's out on Blu-ray now? Yeah, yeah. I picked it up on uh, Redbox today. Oh, awesome. nice. Yeah. Uh, Hello, Ladies on HBO, uh, starring Stephen Merchant. He's one of the co-creators of The Office. This yeah, that looks oh, no, good. That looks good. Dude, oh, that's an understatement, dude. This show's fucking Tupperware, dude. Nice. Uh, I am hooked after one episode. It, it follows this not-so-smooth single guy, and you kind of follow him on his journey looking for love. And dude fails miserably, and he embarrasses himself in front of women. Uh, he really tries to be charming. It just comes off really desperate. <laughs> and uh, you just watch him making a fool of himself. And sometimes it's like really hard to watch because you feel bad for dude and you don't want things to happen to him. And you're like, no, don't do it. No, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's so funny. And so after the first episode, it's definitely a Tupperware. And I highly recommend this show. It's called Hello, Ladies. It's on HBO. It comes on right after Eastbound and Down. Nice, nice. That yeah, sounds like a good block there HBO has going. Absolutely. Sun- yeah. Sunday nights. Sunday nights. It's a really good comedy block for them. Uh, so, yeah, go uh, ahead, Jay. Sorry, man. Uh, did any of you guys watch the uh, Speaking of the Office? Did you watch the Ricky Gervais Netflix thing yet? Not Derek? Yet. No. Oh, my God. It's it's really not that funny. Oh, um, wow. He kind of he plays he kind of plays like this kind of really slow guy working in like a like a old folks home. Yeah. And he's and I can't tell if he if he's trying to make fun of the person he's playing. Cause I don't know. It's just, it, it's really not that funny. I mean, it's, it's got all the awkwardness of the office and, you know, hit my, his character in the office. But, you know, as far as the humor goes, uh, it, it was really kind of hard to swallow. I, I just didn't know if you guys had seen it yet. Maybe check it out, you know, but, uh, it was pretty weird. <laughs> I heard it was kind of hard to understand what they were saying. With, it's with really the thick. Yeah. It's really thick. Yeah. But yeah, this other show sounds like, kind of a lot more lighthearted which i would like this was kind of dark so yeah it's uh steven merchants i i have only seen him in a couple other things and uh i'm really liking him uh real real tall awkward guy uh the character he plays of course but kind of geeky looking yeah yeah, yeah. um but uh, at the same time it's like you're you're kind of rooting for him but he just keeps you know s- making a fool of himself in front of these women and and uh, it's really, it's really charming. Uh, but like I said, he does come off as pretty desperate. Yeah. My, my cat is like wanting some love right now, so I apologize. <laughs> That's funny. That almost sounds reminds me of the first few seasons of The Office, where Michael Scott was so awkward, you were almost embarrassed for him. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're just kind of like biting your tongue, like, oh Jesus! Oh my God! I can't <laughs> believe he's doing that. Yeah. yeah. 
but it was yeah it, is this kind of like film that way too kind of the realistic maybe take like it's like a mockumentary kind of thing or uh n- i wouldn't say mockumentary I, it, it i don't know it's 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 hard to say it, there's no, it's not like it's a one a single camera show right did, did it have like confessionals though no or, or any kind of narration no uh m- good question i don't remember any narration at all Okay. Okay. Uh, but it's not like no confessionals, anything like that, um, and it's not like you know at the end of like Doogie Howser where he's typing into a computer talking to himself. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it, no, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, the supporting cast is really funny too. Uh, he's got a friend uh, who's in a wheelchair that's hilarious. He's and he, the funny thing, it's like he's always worried about his buddy. It's not even his friend. It's his. It's a friend of a friend, and mm-hmm. he's worried about this guy in the wheelchair embarrassing him. And the whole time, this guy in the wheelchair is a fucking Mac Daddy, dude. He's like, <laughs> like he's hitting on chicks left and right, dude. He's like the Mac Daddy. He's awesome. And it, 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 dude, oh, you gotta watch this show. It's um, if you have HBO Go, check it out on HBO Go. It's really awesome. I promise I'll have it watched by next Sunday. I, I'm actually really excited for it. Yeah, it's it's very funny. And then I did watch the crazy ones with Robin Williams. I saw the okay. pilot. I, I'm gonna give it a strong taste. It. Um, I, I liked it. I thought Robin Williams is really funny, but I want to see better chemistry between him and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, okay. they're, they're supposed to be a father and daughter, and I'm not buying it right now. I just want to see more of a chemistry between them. Uh, they are trying to play a very similar char- character. And they're both very... <sighs> I don't know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they're both very business savvy, but he uses more of his humor to get it across, and she's more... She's learning to be more humorous and try to get. You just have to see the show. It, it's yeah, it, he, it looks like he's very eccentric. Yes, in his ways. Yes, he's very eccentric in his ways, and, and she's getting more like that in the show. You can see her kind of coming out of her shell, and and uh, I'd never watched Buffy, so I don't know if she's a really funny character in that show or not. Or, or she's great. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, some of that's who's writing, but yeah, she's usually pretty great. I think if they can make it a full season and the cast gets more chemistry together, I think the show will uh, hit its stride because it looked it lo- it was it was funnier than the Michael J. Fox show that I saw the week before. Now, right. I, I have a question for you: Are they going to like try to work in celebrities every week with the advertising gimmick, or is that just a pilot thing with Kelly Clarkson and whatnot? That's a you good. That'll be. That's a good question. I'm sure that they will try to work it in with them. You know, using especially with them using being. Uh, representing different companies and things like that. Yeah, because that could be really funny depending on what celebrities they get to come on and do cameos, you know? Yeah, and I'm sure, like, you know, with the connections, uh, you know, with... Uh, is, is it on... I believe it's on ABC that ABC has with some of the talent that they have in their network. And then also with uh, Robin Williams having some connections, definitely some connections in Hollywood that they could get some people on the show. I guess maybe that depends on, like, if the show starts taking a nosedive, if they need to get more viewers or not by having a more familiar face on the show. Yeah, but you would think those two names alone would be a big enough draw, you know? Oh, Robin Williams alone, so, yeah. You don't need anything else if it's good. Hey, guys, don't miss this. Vanilla Ice goes Amish starting October 12th on Do-It-Yourself Network. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen this? (laughs) 
No, uh uh-uh. uh. Okay, he was doing this show called The Vanilla Ice Project on Do It Yourself Network. It's like he like ever since he stopped with the music and shit, he's he's one of the smart guys that kind of like saved his money, invested it well, and he uh it's not like he's hurting for money at all, but he started the show um called The Vanilla Ice Project where he would flip houses. Hmm. Now, I guess after a couple two three seasons of that, it's time for Vanilla Ice to go Amish. So now he's moving to an Amish community in in Ohio and learning to live with them. So the sad thing is I'll probably watch it. Oh, I'm totally interested. <laughs> it sounds hilarious. I, watched, I can't wait. Yeah, I watched him on The Surreal Life. Um, yeah, oh, I watched that too. Me too. Did yeah. you, it was with him and uh, what's the porno dude's name? Uh, Ron Jeremy. Yeah, Ron, Ron Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah, him and Ron Jeremy. They were like best buds and shit. And then like Ron Jeremy kind of like betrayed him on the show. And then they started like yelling and screaming. And Vanilla Ice is picking up chairs and throwing them against walls and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Bit of a temper problem. He does have a bit of a temper problem. I'll tell you a fact about me is I have a cool as ice poster right in the middle of my living room. So <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't tell anybody that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was hot he was hot back in the day hell i bought snow because i miss vanilla ice so right. <laughs> yeah well i mean I'll, he, he I'll was like it. him and like the beastie boys were like the first ones to really you know mainstream be, it yeah. yeah exactly uh let's see here abc's revolution i don't know did any anybody else besides me watch this last season i dropped off about four episodes in last season I'm about to drop off after the first uh, episode in uh, season two. Holy wow. shit, was it fucking awful! It like <laughs> wow. there's like no, it doesn't even uh, it doesn't even compare to the first season because like the first season got really good towards the end and like this they've totally revamped the second season like same characters but like everything's changed and not for the better. It's just so weird. I, I just couldn't get into this season. Like everything's changed. Hmm. Uh, but apparently I'm not the only one. Uh, it was last year's most successful new series. It took a nosedive. It notched a series-low 1.5 rating and 5.39 million viewers. That is down 26% from last week's season premiere So wow. uh, of, of 2.7. So it went from a 2.7 to its second week of 1.5, which I'll, I'll watch the second episode. And it's hard for me to drop off this show since I did invest an entire season of it and waited around for it to get better, which it did. Mm-hmm. But they totally – oh, man. The second season has so far – it's just – it's shit. It's awful. Well, what do you think changed about it? I mean, what do you think they just brought on a whole new team to write it or something? Or, I mean, you were into it for the first season. You yeah. said it got better, but what what kind of led to this sucking? Well, they, they've tried to. Okay, how do I explain it? Like the same characters that were in power last season uh-huh. are not in power anymore. Okay, everything's changed about the world that they live in. Is the gimmick still the same? Do they still have no power? Yes. The power came back for a few seconds and uh, – well, for a few minutes. And what happened when the power came back on is that this uh, guy at the finale episode let off these nuclear weapons and destroyed like five or six major cities, Atlanta, New York City, Chicago. And so now it's a totally different world because now you have like – you know, it's post – nuclear you know the nuclear explosion and so all these cities that had 
members of uh, uh, kind of like this. You had the New America, and then you had like um, Monroe. This guy, he was kind of like a, a general for like an evil army. He's not in power anymore, so he's not the main villain at this <laughs> point. Things have changed. I don't really – I'm not getting a grasp on who is the villain now. It, it's – everything's changed in this show. It's bizarre. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like they just took like a t- totally different turn from where I think maybe not even – maybe just because the ratings, you know, just – make a totally different turn to maybe improve it or thinking they're improving it. but Right. Yeah, yeah it would probably be worth watching the second episode. I think least. it's not going to – I don't think it's going to make it out of this season. I think it's going to get axed. Uh, yeah, 1.5. They're not going to settle for that. No. Uh, another show to uh, drop in the ratings, unfortunately, um, ABC's Marvel's uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. lost a third of its audience – and dropped a huge 34% to yeah. a 3.1 rating in the 18 to 49-year-old demographic uh, and 8.4 million viewers. That's a very big drop in viewership from last week's 4.7. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure that we all expected, you know, viewership to drop, but one-third of its audience, that's pretty big. Yeah, I wonder why that is. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it seemed like it was getting well-received everywhere, so I, I don't know why it would lose so much just in, in an episode. In one episode, you'd think most people would want to see the second one after that, but, huh. Yeah, they, I think they still need to stay with the hard advertising after the first episode. So many people turned in the first week because they made such an event out of it, and then seems like they kind of dropped that hard advertising push after that first episode you know i haven't well, seen the second episode yet i haven't either no but they you know they have they do constantly push like teasers forward about who might be appearing they're still doing a lot of that which i right. think helps but you know i don't know episode three sounds really cool um just from what i've read so far and i'm definitely going to watch up until that point I'll, I'll definitely have to watch the entire season. Uh, the only reason I didn't watch the second episode is because, for some reason, my DVR didn't record it. I think it was the weather. But if you didn't get a chance to watch the first or the second episode and you have a smartphone or an iPad, there is an ABC uh, app that you can download and you can watch all their programming on it. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's very cool. Right. Uh, it, it is. It's really great. I watched, uh, you know, the second episode of Meet the Goldbergs on it, and I'm going to watch, uh, you know, Marvel Agents of Shield uh, this week when I have some time. Uh, Fox has great news. If you're a fan of the new Sleepy Hollow series, um, after three episodes, it's been renewed for a second season. Oh, nice! So apparently, ratings have been pretty solid, and this is one of those shows that's held on to a lot of its audience. So that's great news. If you're a fan of the show, which I've enjoyed the first two episodes. Um, I'm very happy to hear that it's going to be renewed for a third season. That's that's good news. Yeah, very cool. Always makes it easier to keep watching when you hear things like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, I know. It sucks that, like, you never know, like, if a show that you are really connected to, if it's going to come back for another season. I was a big fan of the show Happy Endings. It was a comedy on ABC. Hilarious. Go back and watch the first three seasons. Uh, well, actually, the only three seasons hilarious and uh it got axed after last season because nobody was watching it and it was one of the funniest shows on tv damn yeah i'll have to check that out i haven't seen it yeah it's it's got alicia cuthbert in it from 24 oh okay cool not only is she beautiful she's freaking hilarious 
Awesome. So yeah, definitely, definitely check out Happy Endings. You can uh, rent the. Uh, I think you can maybe watch it on Netflix, but I know that you can uh, buy the DVDs, and they're they're not too expensive. Got some very cool. Got some new Simpsons news for everybody. I'm sure you've heard this, but the Simpsons ex- executive producer Al Jean revealed a major character would die in a new in- inter- interview. He said, I'll give you a clue that the actor playing the character won an Emmy for playing that character, but I won't say who it is. So a major character is going to die this season. Now, the fact that he says that this character won an Emmy, it does narrow down the list, but it doesn't give us an exact answer. So the characters that could die this season are Bart, Homer, Marge, Lisa, Ms. Krabappel, Apu, Sideshow Bob, Moe, Grandpa, Barney, Krusty, Carl, Chief Wiggum, comic book guy, or Duff Man. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> now, out of that list, you guys have, and I'll repeat it if you need me to, do you guys have any guesses as to who it might be? I have two. Maybe Grandpa? I was thinking that as well, yeah. But I think that's the obvious choice. Yeah, yeah. I was almost thinking the comic book guy. He's in poor health. <laughs> he doesn't have long to live, you know. Right. <laughs> I was thinking Sideshow Bob. Hmm. Why, why, why would you think that? He's the villain of the show. It would just be kind of like a proper, you know. But and maybe Kelsey Grammer is kind of just like, hey, you know, I've had a lot of fun with this. Let's kill off my character. I'm ready to watch my character die. Right. Yeah, they do an episode a season of that. And what, we're going on season 24, 25 now? 25, uh, 25 yeah. yes. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's probably about time to do the last Sideshow Bob episode, you know? <laughs> right. It was uh, Flanders' wife was like the first character to die on that show. Oh, yeah, death by t-shirt gun. Yes. And then, <laughs> uh, speaking of The Simpsons, tonight is the uh, Treehouse of Horror. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the 24th Treehouse of Horror, and this year they let uh, Guillermo del Toro handle it. I saw some pictures of that. That was terrifying. <laughs> you can watch it online. If you didn't get a chance to watch it tonight, because it's playing right now as we are recording, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, um, I'm DVRing it. You can watch it online. Um, Del Toro wanted the uh, two-minute, 45-second opening to be longer, but Fox had to put a time limit on it. Oh, yeah. But if you're l- – go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he had a little more plan than what he got there. <laughs> yeah. um, if you're looking closely enough, you'll catch nods to Del Toro's Pacific Rim, Hell, oh, cool. Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, and Blade, in addition to appearances by Cthulhu, Stephen King, Alfred Hitchcock, Edgar Allan Poe, and Universal's classic movie Monsters. Awesome. Oh, nice. <laughs> Love the little tidbits in the Simpsons episodes. Oh, dude, yeah. I love the intros for those shows. Every season, like, there's so many things going on in them. The openings that, like, yeah. have you ever like stopped and like pa- now that we have like you know TiVo and DVRs, you can like f- stop it frame by frame. Like, oh, yeah. as they're panning across Springfield, there's like a certain scene like in the last few seasons, like where it's like you see like like God fighting the devil. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, as they're flying by, everything really fast, and it's just so cool. I love. I still watch The Simpsons. I still. It's, I watch all those Fox, you know, the Fox uh, animation domination shows, you know, um, you know, Family Guy and American Dad. Oh yeah, uh, I'd say Cleveland Show is probably my least favorite. I don't know. I would agree. Yeah, I just watched The Simpsons when it comes to that Fox animation domination. Yeah. yeah. So. I'd heard about Stephen King. Um, I, I believe he's going to be next to Bart doing the chalkboard scene. 
Oh, nice. And nice. Writing something on the wall. Right. Very cool. Um, so hopefully something self-deprecating that'll be funny, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, Fox did renew uh, Simpsons for a 26th season, if you hadn't heard. Awesome. Jeez. Oh, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any TV news? I've got a ton of TV news, but I didn't know if you guys wanted to jump in on any TV news. Uh, There's still, you know, uh, the Warner Brothers CEO came out, was talking uh, a little bit about Wonder Woman again and, and the company's renewed interest. Or, you know, just to reiterate that they still definitely have plans for that character. Um, it seems like they're kind of leaning towards television with you know, with how well Arrow's doing and with how well it's going to do this second season with Flash, it's pretty much a given. Um, and then, of course, the Commissioner Gordon uh, prequels that are going to be coming out. So they're really kind of focusing, maybe putting her that in that route. So that may dismiss some of the the movie rumors or possibilities. It's it's not set in stone, but this is the CEO of, of DC basically saying, you know, we do still have interest in this character for movies and television, but they're pretty much leaning towards television. Um, and we all saw a really cool trailer, a uh, fan-made trailer of yeah. uh, Wonder Woman. This, yeah. this you, you sent that to us uh-huh. this week. Yeah, uh, I think we, you know, Jake, did you get a chance to see that? I did not. Oh, you suck. <laughs> get out of here I, I'm, I'm sorry I'll take my ball and go home do, do you think I send you that shit just to you know what the, I sent it for a fucking reason hey man I got a data plan if I'm, if I'm not at home it was really cool though I yeah. don't know what you're- I'm, uh, it was from uh, Rainfall Films um, and basically the problem for so long has been that Hollywood just they can't seem to get her right there was a Wonder Woman pilot. I don't know if you guys heard about the Wonder Woman pilot that never made it to air on the CW. It was sent out to members of the media who watched it. Uh, it starred Adrian Palicki, and it did not get a good reception. Um, I have never seen it, but I've heard it was it was awful. Um, she was kind of like a businesswoman and, and going mm-hmm. around fighting and stuff like that. And they didn't show any of an origin story. You just jump right into it. The CW is still trying to get the origin television series Amazon off the ground now, though. That's a new series. They're looking to do the origin television series. And even Joss Whedon has failed attempts at uh, bringing Wonder Woman to TV, saying, he said, it's hard. She's a tough nut to crack. I know she's famous as a television show, but I don't think she lends herself to television. I think she only works on an epic scale. I saw a bit of the David E. Kelly NBC pilot. That was not a good marriage. Um, right. And it, it was, I don't know. I, I think with this fan-made trailer, what they wanted to do was just kind of show you that it can be done. Right. Um, it's getting tons of hype. I saw, I, I saw it showcased on Good Morning America last week. Oh, okay. I was at the gym, and I was like, holy shit, is that the Wonder Woman fan-made trailer I saw? And it was. They're talking about it on Good Morning America, for crying out loud. Wow, how lucky for that fan. Uh, It's received over 2.5 million views on YouTube. This proves that there is an audience that wants to see a proper Wonder Woman TV show or movie. Oh, yeah. Now, if you haven't seen the trailer, it shows Diana in a gritty real-world uh, kicking some ass, I mean, and she's beating these dudes down. And then it showed her in a mythological world facing off against, you know, giant beasts and mythological creatures and, and things like that. Uh, it was very cool. I, I think it showed a great balance between the two worlds. 
Yeah, man, that 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 uh, the Amazonian flashbacks with the the Minotaur that was awesome for for yeah. a fan made you know video. The effects were really cool, but not to mention that just I think they really showcased Wonder Woman really well, putting her in both settings. You know, right? Yeah, um, and the choreographed fight scenes were pretty awesome. It went from you know like they did the slow motion stuff, but it was still very cool. I enjoyed. Oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I think, and and I, I think the uh, the outfit, her her costume, it looked it looked pretty good for a fan made trailer. I, you know, I can imagine what you know Hollywood could do with the, like uh, you know real um, real props and 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 you know uh, real costumes that they could make. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, I loved it. It really was kind of an empowering look at her. And, and fuck, I, I haven't seen that live action on anything yet. So that was really cool. The whole point of them making it, though, was to kind of show, uh, you know, um, you know, Warner Brothers that it can be done. You can right. do it. It's not impossible. Yeah, that is the tricky part is mixing the mythology with the real world and having it be seamless, you know, and right. getting nailing both those two kind of, it's almost two different genres in one show that they have to nail down, you know. It's a tough t- tough cookie to crack there, a tough egg to crack. Very, yeah. very. And she doesn't have the easiest origin to, you know, bring to, you know, film. Yeah, you, know? you can't do it, it's, you can't show it in the intro, like a Spider-Man or a Batman origin, you know. Exactly, yeah. I don't know, but then again, you know, they brought Thor right. to film. I was just going to say that, yep. So... I don't know. Um, I don't know. If you were one of the... I'm going to bring up a different story. But yeah, definitely check out the Wonder (coughs) Woman fan-made trailer. It's from Rainfall Films. Uh, We might even put it on our Facebook page. Uh, If you were one of the few people that was watching BBC America play the entire eight-episode first season of Broadchurch, starring David Tennant, I'm Hmm. sure that you loved it. And Fox is now wanting to bring the series to the United States. Uh, David Tennant will reprise his role uh, as an experienced detective who travels to small town of Broadchurch to help solve the murder of a young boy. Uh, so it looks like David Tennant is going to be making his way uh, to uh, U.S. televisions uh, on uh, Fox. Uh, they're developing the series to debut uh, for the 2014-2015 season. So I'm a big fan of David Tennant now, you know, watching Doctor Who. Um, so I think it's really cool that they're going to bring, bring in this show over. It looks like they're just going to reboot it for an American audience, which is pretty awesome. I'm glad they're sticking with the original actor, too, because I love David Tennant. Yeah, that's great. It's about, about time. Fox has had good, good success with that kind of thing. It's almost like uh, getting Hugh Laurie to do House and everything. Yeah. You know, they've had good success with British actors. What about that? Did you, hey, Jay, remember that rumor that David Tennant, they were like looking for him to play Plastic Man in a Justice League movie? Oh, oh wow. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it would have been cool, but yeah, it seems highly unlikely. Yeah, especially with the way those, you know, if there was a Justice League movie, if we're going to have like kind of like the same tone that you saw in Man of Steel, it just seems a little too. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You've already got the Flash for comic relief. Yeah, exactly. Well, if they do bring Flash into a movie. Right. Oh, man. WB really needs to come out with some cool news. It was cool that we got the Man of Steel 2 news. It was. It was really cool when they did it. But I think they'd blow everybody away if we if we saw at the end of Man of Steel 2, you know, if they did bring in that, you know, Wonder Woman cameo. I yeah. think that'd be amazing. Hopefully, uh, it would definitely it's it's definitely time to do it. I mean, if they were smart, 
it's it's definitely time for that. Yeah. And that'd be a good way to do it, I think. Yeah, we need that Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury moment or that Agent Coulson to kind of tie in the films uh, yeah. all together for, for Warner Brothers. And I know they don't want to be like, you know, taking – you know, walking in the footsteps of Marvel. I know they want to do their own thing, but these are fucking comic books and, you know, comic book characters cross over. Just fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and stick with the Trinity for a bit. Maybe do, you know, maybe not in inter- You don't have to worry about 12 different people. Just get the Trinity in there of Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. Right. Just get that. Get that in. Everyone will love it. Just do that at least. Are you guys thinking that... Um yeah, they have to. They have to do. Uh, you know, maybe even maybe even after they do, uh, man, is, you know, Batman versus Superman, just do a world's finest movie. Yeah, exactly. You know what just dawned on me is that maybe DC is and Warner Brothers are building up to this. I mean, they're starting that Superman Wonder Woman comic kind of out of nowhere. Maybe that's to bring a little bit of awareness of Wonder Man into the Superman universe for Man of Steel three, possibly. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And that, that's a smart way to get like uh, the word out there with you know comic readers and shit like that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you guys think that there's any chance like now that they're doing the Flash and Arrow that Flash and Arrow that they're gonna like combine that into the movie universe, <sighs> like the same actors? I don't think so. I, I feel like they've had chances to do those kind of things before with like Smallville and Birds of Prey and whatnot. It, always, it seems like Warner Brothers keeps their TV and their movie universes very separate. Yeah, but like, you know, Arrow seems more like it would fit in with the Man of Steel universe than, you know, Smallville. Smallville is kind of, don't get me wrong, I, I enjoyed Smallville, but it was kind of like, you know, campier and goofier than Arrow. Right. Yeah. And then you're going to have that back and forth, like after Arrow's in the movie, then it's going to go back to the series, which is kind of a different yeah. animal, you know. It, right. It'd be kind of awkward, I think. It would. Be. I would. I personally wouldn't mind it. I I like the guy that plays Arrow. So yeah, Stephen. But Amell. I don't Ste- see it. Yeah, Stephen Amell is that. Yes. That plays. Yeah. Now, yeah, I agree. But yeah, like uh, having the Flash, the same Flash from the TV series, be in the movie would be kind of weird too. Yeah. And, like, the special effects budgets alone are just not even in the same realm. Yeah, because you're just going to be, like, will you be disappointed when you go back and watch the series after that? You know? Right, exactly. And you're you're going to want consistency. You don't want the speed force to look one way in the TV show and then another way in the movie. And then all of a sudden it doesn't look as good in the TV show after the movie anymore. Exactly, yeah. Uh, speaking of Arrow, uh, Arrow executive producer Andrew Kreisberg, he spoke with Flash TV News recently. He discussed uh, selecting the actor to play Barry Allen and that it wasn't as hard as he and the other producers thought it might be. He said, we met with a lot of really talented people, not just talented, but good guys. And it was funny because as each of us, Jeff Johns, uh, Greg Berlanti, and I were working on individual scenes, we all sort of came together and said, we're all writing for Grant. It was just him. So Grant Gustin, the guy that they chose, the actor from Glee, who that's who they wrote this part for. So right. that's really cool that they kind of just – when they were all writing separately, they were all writing for Grant even though he hadn't been chosen yet. Wow. That's crazy. Um, he also went on to say that how different it was in the casting of Arrow. He says – with Arrow, we wrote it without anybody in mind. This time, as we were writing these episodes, we cast Grant in the middle of it. 
that was different because now when we go into writing the actual pilot in episode 20, we already have our guy and we've already seen him on the screen. So hopefully we'll actually literally be able to look at things and learn. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know they wrote that for him, man. That's wow. Well, they, they were writing it with just him in mind. They hadn't even cast him yet. They were just like, as they were writing it in their mind, as they're writing it, I don't know. Like when you read a Harry Potter book, uh, you sometimes picture what the character would look like in your head. Oh yeah. And just from knowing that he was one of the candidates, like one of the, uh, actors that was going, going out for this, they, that's who they were playing in their head. All three of them simultaneously (laughs) unbeknownst to each other, which I thought was really cool. That is cool. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see how he, how he turns out. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go on to movie news. Um, I want to go over a listener question here real quick though. Uh, we got Mm -hmm. a, question sent to us it was sent to our email comments at popcultureleftovers.com it says hey guys your podcast is really great and if you really get in and you really get into depth about films also everyone is just funny i was wondering if you would be reviewing desolation of smog i know it's a bit early to be asking but it's just been on my mind Uh, (laughs) and his name is uh i hope i pronounced (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) Let's not. Let's try not to laugh at our listeners' names <laughs> next time. I don't know. I'm not making fun of him. It's just kind of a funny name. Oh, I'm I, sure. You know, maybe I'm, he meant I'm, to take it seriously, but it sounds funny. It's his. This <laughs> is real name, Jay. Um, no, <laughs> that's his birth name, Jay. Yeah. I, <laughs> there goes another listener. I, Jesus Christ. He sounds like a Lord of the Rings character. All right. Okay. <laughs> this is just getting worse. Uh, that, that was the desolation of Nardaquar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay, Nardaquar, to answer your question uh, in a respectful manner, I, I, I'm just fucking with you. Um, I Absolutely, we're going to talk about uh, Desolation of Smog. I think we'll do an entire show on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw the trailer today. Again. Well, I haven't seen this trailer before, but I saw it today, and uh, it looked great. Uh, way, way better than the first you know movie trailers that I saw for The Hobbit. So, yeah, fuck yeah. Legolas is in it. I mean, it's not my main draw, but it was really cool. So Yeah, you got Kate from Lost as an Elf now. Yeah, she was rocking it. I don't care what anybody says. I like The Hobbit. Oh, I didn't hate The Hobbit. I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a taste it for me. Yep. I just think this looked a lot more epic, you know, a lot bigger. I saw it in IMAX 3D and fucking loved it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, let's see here. Uh, more movie news. Dumb and Dumber 2 adds another cast member. I don't know if you guys uh, heard about this. It kind of went under the radar. But this one's pretty notable. Jennifer Lawrence will be in the sequel. What? <laughs> awesome. Apparently she's a big fan of the original and can quote the entire film. Um, <laughs> I'm ne- Guys, I'm not sure how big of a role she'll actually be playing in the film, but she is going to be in it. I, don't think she- I think it'll be more of like a cameo. I don't think okay. she has the time to do like a big part in it, but um, I think she was on. It was like Jimmy Fallon, and she said something like to the extent that she's going to be in the film. Okay, yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. I, I don't know what she's going to be doing, but that'd be cool. Yeah, I like her in everything she does. <laughs> World of Warcraft gets an official release date, December eighteenth, two thousand fifteen. Uh, Legendary Pictures is producing this film for Universal. After not working out a deal with uh, Warner Brothers, uh, San Diego Comic Con they did show a conceptual sizzle reel with two uh, non-human characters battling each other. 
We did talk about that on our San Diego Comic-Con episode. I think it'll be interesting to see the first trailer. Um, that's what I'm going to gauge this on is after we see an actual trailer. I just hope it's really fantastical and not gritty or goofy. I, I just yeah. I just want it to be really fantastical, like kind of like you know Lord of the Rings meets I don't know, just you know, kind of more like Lord of the Rings with, with some with some fun adventure in there too. I agree. Video game movies don't really have the best track record, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. why I think they've never done a Final Fantasy movie. I think they're scared to do it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Even What's though, cool that Legendary's picking this up though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to hear about that. The, they'll be producing it. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, real quick, Seth MacFarlane's ten, uh, Ted 2 gets a weird release date. June 26, 2015. Huh. Risky. Yeah, why? <laughs> That's a jam-packed summer as it is. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I, thought Ted t- I thought Ted was hilarious. I liked it. I thought it was really funny. I was really worried that it was going to be just like, okay, Peter Griffin's voice coming out of a fucking bear. Right. All right. Yeah, we, we get it. Snuggles the bear. Snuggle bear is gonna fucking you know cuss and shit and blah 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 blah. But it was actually really funny. You know, it's like you got this. I don't know. It was funny. I enjoyed it. I like Seth MacFarlane for the most part. I love Family yeah. Guy. I love you know American Dad. And uh, I thought the movie was really good. Mark Wahlberg is funny in it. I think he needs to stick to the the comedies and shit. I think he's been better in those recently. But yeah, um, I don't know. It's a risky release date, dude. That. That's 2015 is going to be a jam-packed summer. I don't know if it's going to get quite the reception. Maybe people are going to want a comedy, though. Yeah, because, yeah, just to kind of break it up. Yeah. For sure. We're getting Avengers Age of Ultron. We're getting, uh, you know, Jurassic Park 4. Uh, we're going to get Star Wars, possibly, but that might be pushed back to yeah. December from what they're saying. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I, I think I'd probably go see it around that time. Right. I, I don't know. The first one was kind of a sleeper hit, though, right? It's kind of weird that they would just expect it to be able to do big box office in June. I think it did pretty good in the theater, Jake. I think it made yeah. pretty good money. I think it, it, they fast-tracked a sequel because it made money. Yeah, yeah. but, but it, I don't think people were expecting it. I don't think it was pinned to make that much money oh sure yeah i get what you're saying um i don't think well when you consider the budget it it wasn't a big budget that's what hollywood is going to these days you're not going to see uh hollywood taking risks like they did with lone ranger anymore i think hollywood's kind of learning its lesson and they're going for these cheap low budget you know horror films like the conjuring and and uh you know insidious and uh, they're going for like these cheap comedies now that you know you spend thirty million to fifty million making it, but you know it banks you know one hundred and fifty million. You know, right, that's, that's smart business. I think we're gonna, you know, and if they are gonna make these big budget movies, it's gonna be stuff that has been successful, like the Avengers. True. Yep. You yeah, know. they're they're only going with sure things these days. Yeah, that's just the way the business is right now. It's uh, the economy shit, and every these then Hollywood's not done too well, so they can't take these risks like the Lone Ranger anymore. Uh, I agree. Right. That just that just puts so much more on top of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it's going to have a lot to prove, you know. I agree. Now, I didn't know if you guys knew this, but the as far as an original concept movie pacific rim outdid any other movie this year wow internationally 
Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It was huge in China. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can imagine. But it still doesn't mean that it's going to garner a sequel, unfortunately. Yeah. I'd love to see a sequel to that. It was Fuck such a yeah. fun film. Yeah. Yeah, it was so good. It was so good. You know, I miss it. <laughs> it was great in the theater. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk uh, real quick, though, about a film. It actually came out on October 4th, and it's not in the theaters around me, which sucks. Hmm. Um, it's called Brad uh, – excuse me, Brad. It's called Bad Milo. Okay. Starring Kevin Marino. I don't know if anybody of you know who that is. No. Uh, if you watch Children's Hospital, he's on Children's Hospital. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, he's currently on the fourth season of Eastbound and Down. Uh, okay. He's also been on uh, – he was on the first and second season of Reaper on the CW, which I'm a big fan of that show. Mm-hmm. He played a demon on that show. But um, Marino plays uh, Duncan, whose life is – uh, whose life starts mounting his stress uh, triggers um, his, ugh, let me start over Marino plays Duncan whose life starts Jesus Christ I can't get out this <laughs> sentence his, uh, basically his stress triggers a gastrointestinal reaction that results in a pint sized demon living in his intestine that <laughs> <laughs> it forces its way out of his body and slaughters the people who have angered him Oh, wow. (laughs) I I take it this demon is the bad Milo of the title. Yes. So Duncan tries to make friends with the little ass demon so that it's not going around killing people. And then he names it Milo. (laughs) This sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. (laughs) So, of course, it's going to be like a horror slash comedy. But this movie sounds so fucking bizarre. I have to see it. Yeah, but totally. it's not playing in any theaters near me. I looked all the, uh, all over, you know, Springfield, Decatur. Nobody was playing Bad Milo. So if any of our listeners watch it, and just feel free to send us an email and let us know what you thought of Bad Milo, because I gotta know. Yeah, for sure. So it, it's got to be out there somewhere, probably a major city, but it's definitely in limited release. It looks like. Wow. God dang, I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Damn. Director Alexandre Aja's new film, Horns. Have you guys heard of Horns? Yeah, the book by Joe Hill. Yes. Uh, it's secured distribution. It will be released theatrically in 2014. Uh, Horns is a film, like you said, based on a novel of the same name written by Joe Hill, who's the son of Stephen King, and also the author of the better-known Lock and Key uh, the movie, it was shown at the Toronto International Film Festival a couple weeks ago, and it stars Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, okay. Uh, he stars as Ig Parrish, who's the main suspect in the rape and murder of his girlfriend. He wakes up one morning to find horns growing from his head that have the ability to force confessions from strangers, which aid him in his quest to find the real killer and exact his revenge. So I think it's really cool that we we'll, we will get to see this movie released theatrically next year. So that's that's great news, especially if you're I'm, a big fan of Joe Hill. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I thought the book was great. Awesome. So you read the book? Yeah, yeah, I have. I've read all of Joe Hill's novels, but not read Lock and Key actually. Nice. Mm. Lock, Lock and Key's great. I yeah. read Lock and Key. Lock and Key's very good. I think Lock and Key's finally wrapping up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I missed the boat on it. It went under the radar, and then there was so many issues out already and i just said ah, i'll get back to that and trade later on yeah yeah it's smart to, to to read that in trade anyway i was the same way i started reading it in trade um let's see here 
what did you guys have any movie news? I've got plenty more, but if you guys had some to uh to add, some things to add. Um well, this this just kind of caught my eye cuz I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mark Millar. Um he I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Nemesis comic book that he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um well, the, I, I guess the film is actually in development um with Joe Carnahan who did the A team and the Gray attached to direct. Um, Millar is just raving about this. Um, and what's cool about Nemesis is he's kind of the anti-Batman. He's a rich guy, you know, a billionaire. But at the, uh, instead of being a good guy, he's like a terrorist. He terrorizes the city that he's in. And um, so Mark Millar, he's just he's saying that this is one of the most relentless and powerful screenplays I've ever read. He's saying that this is going to be the best movie and he hasn't even seen it yet. The best movie <laughs> ever. And that's how good he feels about um, the screenplay so far. Um, the, Carn- the Carnahan wrote it, I believe. He, he's he's comparing this to just um, the greatest. He's saying it's the greatest action slash drama that's ever been done, as far as he's concerned so far. And again, you know, this is his character, and he's kind of full of himself sometimes. Yeah, Mark, yeah. <laughs> he's very much a self promoter. Yeah. He actually said this is going to be massive. Right. <laughs> massive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he, oh, sorry. He also he also describes it as being huge, operatic, tragic, and monumental. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Nemesis. I do read Nemesis. Um, he is absolutely the anti-Batman, and so he's kind of taking the twist that he was even saying, like with the economic downturn, he finds it kind of weird that we root for Batman, this billionaire protecting the poor, and. And he's saying that isn't doesn't it make more sense that the billionaires would actually be like the most terrifying people on the planet when the economy is really bad? And so that's kind of what this guy is. It plays into what's going on today. And he says when people walk out of this, they're walking into the same world that I just made a movie about or write this comic about. So pretty interesting. It just kind of caught my eye. I do like his stuff. Is He's a great writer in my opinion. And of course, he did Kick-Ass and uh, The Ultimates. A lot of great books. So I'm looking forward to this. I, I hope it lives up to what he's saying, but who knows? I hope it lives up too. I thought Nemesis was a good comic. Just yeah. four issues. You know, it, it was really fun. Very sadistic character. It's like Batman at his most sadistic. Yeah, it, it's like the Joker in the Batman costume, basically. Just that that crazy, that that kind of evil. So pretty cool. And Joe Carnahan's attached to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was uh, going to, before Fox lost the rights to Daredevil, he filmed a sizzle reel for uh, a new Daredevil movie that he was uh, going to work on for Fox. And they, oh, just, wow. they just couldn't get the cameras rolling in actual production, so they lost the rights to Daredevil, which reverted back to Marvel. But I think you can still watch that Joe Carnahan sizzle reel on the internet. Yeah, the gray was really good, so I didn't see the A-team, but... Um, yeah, he, he was great in that, so we'll see. I don't know. He doesn't have a huge track record yet. but right. um, Speaking of that, uh, kind of on the same line, um, I follow Mark Miller on Facebook, and he said that uh, Secret Service started filming on Saturday, another movie based off of one of his comic books. Oh, wow. For, um, for film? For film, yeah. Oh, okay. And it, it's basically a little bit like the good guy version of Wanted, if you guys remember Wanted, yeah. which is another Mark oh, yeah. Miller where the guy gets brought into the world of supervillains. Well, this is the guy gets brought into the world of like James Bond spies hmm. and the main character gets brought in into a three year training program where at the end of it, he'll be, you know, pretty much James Bond. He'll be able to 
shoot any gun, please any woman, drive any car. And then it's kind of like inside of the world of spies and that world and everything. He's training to be me. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How did he know? <laughs> um, just just another movie piece here. Uh, of course, we were hearing about Sarah Rees Ronan um, auditioning for Star Wars 7. Um, she has confirmed that, that she definitely went up for auditions. Um, she says, I, yeah, I did the audition for Star Wars Episode Seven. I don't know whether I should have said that now. I mean, everyone did. Um, everyone has auditioned for it, she's saying. So many people I know have gone in for the part I've gone in for and guys who have gone in for a particular part. So I'd imagine J.J. is probably just scanning the earth to find the people that he needs. So, you know, we hear a lot of rumors about, you know, who's being cast and whatnot or who's auditioning, but she's basically saying that everyone is auditioning and there's no – nothing's been set in stone yet. So we're going to hear a lot of that talk because people are wanting to be in this film, of course. Oh, I agree. I they, agree. James James McAvoy just said he would do anything to be in it too. I mean you hear that from everybody. So They asked her to use a lightsaber in the audition as well. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yep. So. so for a female Jedi part, we at least know that at least. Right, right. Um, and also in uh, Star Wars news, just in case Disney forgot that Samuel Jackson is still interested in coming back as Mace Windu in Star Wars Episode Seven, he's uh, he reminded them he wants to come back, but he doesn't want to come back as a Force ghost, as hmm. we as we all assumed he would. Uh, he said. They should figure out a way to bring my ass back from wherever I went when I fell. <laughs> yeah, I agree. In my opinion, they never showed him die. Uh, he, he says uh, – he goes on to say from wherever I went when I fell out of that window. <laughs> because you know a Jedi can fall from incredible heights and not die. I just right. come back with a fake hand like Darth Vader and my purple lightsaber. <laughs> Dude, I didn't like him to begin with as Mace Windu in the movies. Yeah, he was so dry, and just there's no personality behind Mace Windu. I don't care what anybody says. He wasn't. There was not. There was. He tried. He he was just trying too much to play like uh, everybody else in the council. And he was. I don't know. I just didn't really connect to the Mace Windu character at all. Yeah. Yeah, the best scene was when he fell out the window. <laughs> he was great. His character's awesome in, like, the Clone Wars I was getting ready to say the same thing. The cartoon, he was way more fun in the cartoon. Well, you kind of get him more, but in, in this, he tries to act like, I'm the general, and you don't really have a backstory on him, so I don't know. Not, I, I, and I'm not I saying I don't like Samuel Jackson. I love him in everything else, like Pulp Fiction, he's great. I even like him in yeah. Snakes on a Plane, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, Nick Fury isn't void of emotion and fun. No, he's great in that, too. Right. I just don't like the direction that they gave him for the character. I just thought there could have been a lot more personality in the character. I don't know. Yeah. It was just like you you couldn't get any emotion out of him. You couldn't get a rise out of him or anything. He was just very monotone and dry, if you ask me. It was like Stephen Wright as a fucking Jedi. (laughs) I agree. Now, Samuel Samuel Jackson's also going to be in that Secret Service movie I was talking about. Oh, oh, cool. Nice. And that's a Matt Vaughn movie, too, I didn't mean, I meant to mention. He, oh, shit. He, he wrote and directed. Oh, cool. Yeah, that should be good, then. Yeah, awesome. that's... Oh, they didn't... Matt, uh, they didn't... Vaughn and uh, uh, Millar, they didn't work together on uh, X-Men uh, First Class. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that was just Vaughn, yeah. Yeah, because, well, they didn't bring on uh, Mark Millar until just recently as a consultant. Right. Fo- yeah, Fox Studios. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but Daniel Day-Lewis hasn't publicly spoken about his desire to appear in Star Wars Episode Seven, but according to a tweet from Latino Review's uh, El Mayambi, he was spotted having a lunch uh, with uh, the head of Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, and George Lucas at Bist- at Bistro in San Rafael. Um, so was this an innocent lunch, or was it a business meeting? I, Dude. You know, <laughs> a little, little bit of both, I bet. <laughs> Sounds like a business meeting, yeah. I'd flip out if Daniel Day-Lewis was in Star Wars. Can you imagine? I what don't, the hell? Yeah, I don't care what he would play. I don't care. No. Just, just an, an actor of his caliber. He's a three-time Oscar winner. Yeah. In that universe, I don't care if he's a, a Sith or a fucking Jedi. I don't give a shit. Just throw, him, about, in, throw him in there. How about Jar Jar's great-grandson? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want Jar Jar to die. <laughs> That'll be the first thing they say in the opening scroll of episode I, seven. I hope the opening scroll cuts his head off. I hope <laughs> I hope it. He's like, just standing there, and then the scroll cuts his head off. It comes down like a guillotine and chops his fucking little <laughs> head off. Misa dead. <laughs> yeah, Yusa gonna die. <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, Whew, let that go. But hey, Daniel Day Lewis met with uh, Kathleen Kennedy and George Lucas. Yeah, sounds like a shoe in. And you can say, oh, George Lucas isn't that mu- in, that involved in, you know, the process. Well, Kathleen Kennedy sure as fuck is. Definitely, <laughs> definitely sure as fuck is. She's the head of, head of Lucasfilm, for crying out loud. So it's I don't think they're meeting just to, you know, eat a fucking bagel. Yeah. You know, I think they're probably definitely talking about having him come in there. Yeah, something Star Wars related. Yeah. Wow. Now, if he would have met with J.J. Abrams, everybody would in the world would have been like, oh, Daniel Day-Lewis is going to be in Star Wars Episode Seven, Right. But he met with Kathleen Kennedy and George Lucas, and wow. Oh, my. What would you guys want to see him as? I'd like to see him as the bad guy, as a bad guy at least. Maybe not the big bad, but I think he's better in those kind of roles, you know? I think I'd like to see him as as the hero, as more of the – Obi-Wan from episode four kind of character or the Liam Nielsen from episode one kind of character. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I'd like to see him. I'm leaning towards Jake. I'm hoping that he's kind of like a good friend, uh, an ally of Luke Skywalker, that they've formed a bond between the two. And I hope it's a real bond, not one that like, oh, okay, he betrays him later and kills him. Right. Just like a real bond between those two. And that even if like Luke Skywalker does end up dying, like, Daniel Day Lewis, like his, uh, their friendship kind of lives on through him. Like maybe they've been friends over the years, and like I don't know, maybe he trained Daniel Day Lewis or something. I just think, right. you know, I just like maybe he was his first, you know, um, Padawan, and uh, I just think it'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting, or even like a hidden kind of sect of Jedi emerge, you know, something like that. That I'd, I'd be like, I'd like to see him kind of like the anti-hero type guy, you know, somebody you don't really know much about, but he still turns out to be the good guy. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool too. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I really like that idea of him being um, Luke's first Padawan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I gotta got imagine that they're around the same age, but you know, Luke was fucking old as shit when he started his training. Yeah, you could say he's just some race and then he ages differently and then yeah. bada boop, bada bing. Right. Yeah, good call. 
But uh, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis in a movie uh, like that, an actor of his caliber, it would be amazing. I, I would love. He he gets so immersed in every character that he plays. Yeah, yeah, he becomes them. Uh, did you guys hear Paramount Studios? Um, they are looking to bring back Friday the Thirteenth, but it could be a found footage film. Oh, oh that. It could that be. Good. It could good. be really good, or it could be really bad. Because in 2011, Hellraiser did a found footage film that I haven't seen it, but I heard it was awful. So <laughs> I don't know if it's a good idea to do the found footage with this type of a movie, or just go your traditional route. But Jason might be the character to do it. Oh yeah, I see. I was always thinking those movies would definitely benefit from that. Like you know, kind of like. Make it more real, you know, make it more scary in that regard. Don't make it so, you know, kind of like this would never happen. But the problem yeah. is with the found footage films, it seems like that most of the time you're waiting for something to happen and you're waiting and you're waiting and small things happen, small things happen, small things happen. Then something big happens, then everybody dies and then it's the end of the movie. Yeah, they kind of have to do that that way. So, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, and so is that going to be really fun to watch in a Friday the 13th movie? You know, we're waiting for Jason, waiting for Jason. Right. No, it doesn't sound like it now. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, it's going to be hard to pull off. You know, I would love to see another Friday the 13th movie done proper. Not like Jason fucking, like what was like Friday the 13th part 10 where he was in space. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That that movie's pretty, pretty hilarious though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, am I crazy or was Quentin Tarantino talking about doing Friday the 13th years ago? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. he was talking about how he really wanted to bring that character back huh. and take his spin on it. Uh, I'm probably going to get chastised for this, but dude, I don't like the Rob Zombie horror movies. No, oh, I hate them. I don't either. No. And I love Rob Zombie. Don't get me wrong. I love, you know, White Zombie and a lot of his, you know, solo shit, but. Stick to music, dude, because I don't really care for your horror movies, man. I'm sorry. I I know he loves it. I know he loves the horror genre, and that's cool. We need people out there, you know, uh, trying to make great horror movies, but you don't, so I'm sorry. (laughs) And his wife is a terrible actress. He puts her in everything. Right. Ugh. Yeah. I bet she fakes orgasms, too. <laughs> she looks like she it's does. It's probably obvious she's faking them too. <laughs> Even Rob's like, "Come on, give me a break, honey." <laughs> uh, let's see here. Are any of you fans of uh, any of the three Narnia films? Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I, I. They're they're okay. I I was a big fan of the books, but didn't think the movies translated them the best. Uh, I thought they were entertaining. I, I love the books, but I thought the movies were entertaining. I like the movies. I like the books, and I like the movies. Uh, after Walden Media, uh, Walden Media dropped the films, it looks like they were done making them. Um, I remember. I mean, I think it's been four years since they made one. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since Prince Casper. No, Don Treader was the last one, right? Yeah, 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 that was the third one. Uh, Disney and Walden Media they made the first two films. Then Fox did the third film. So now it looks like and. and it was amazing that Fox picked up the third film after the way the second film kind of bombed. It, it dropped off quite a bit as far as uh, money making. Yeah. Uh, then Fox picked it up, did the third film, which I liked the third film better than I liked the second one. Uh, now it looks like the Mark Gordon company has picked them up and will make the fourth book, The Silver Chair, into a film. 
In the fourth novel, uh, less than a year has passed in England, but decades have gone by in Narnia. Aslan calls in Eustace Scrub uh, from Voyage of the Dawn Treader and Jill Pohl to help find Prince Caspian's son and only heir, Prince Rillian. So um, it looks like they are going to be making a fourth movie. Uh, there is no release date set as of yet, and there's no writer or director uh, currently attached. Uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if you know this Mark Gordon company can turn around, can turn the franchise around. I know it's made the movies combined have made over one point six billion dollars, mm. uh, which is great. But movies are becoming more and more expensive to make, so they really have to knock this one out of the park. And with four years passing. I hope that enough people have watched the first three to generate a buzz for the fourth movie. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed they get to uh, Magician's Nephew, which was always my favorite. What, and in some ways, what book was that? Was that the sixth? It was book six, and it took place before book one, yeah. where they did all the puddle jumping to get into Narnia. I think it wouldn't be a bad decision to just skip to that one. Cause they, they had talked about that, Jake. Yeah, they I, had I think talked that, that would have been a good move. Yes, before uh, Walden Media left, they were actually talking about skipping and doing book six first. But now that uh, Mark Gordon picked it up, they're going to do the fourth book. Hmm. I, I hope it does well. I really want to see book six done because that was the one I read over and over again. Yeah, it just seems – I don't know if it's the right time anymore though. It just seems like that was big because of Tolkien and Lord of the Rings. When those came out, everyone kind of got into Nar- you know, Narnia too. That's when I read the book um, just because they were such good friends. But I don't know. It seems like it's going to be hard to recapture you know, like the first story. And, and like Jake said, if you would jump into book six, which has more of the meat, comes back to the meat of the story, I think that would be a better idea. It's just kind of a rough one I think to jump in on. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't have a lot of hope. I think I, it, we all know that if this film bombs, that's it. They're done. Yeah, yeah, it's over. Yeah, and wasn't Edmund the main character of Silver Chair? Yes, I believe you're right. And so, I mean, at this point, I mean, it's obviously going to be another new Edmund, right? Right. You'd think I, it would be, yeah. I, I kind of get tired of that, too, the constant recasting of the characters in that franchise. Right. Yeah, you'd like some consistency, at least at this point, you know. Well, if people would go out and see these movies, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, the, the second one really wasn't that good, so I can understand why not a lot of people went out to see it. Yeah. Yeah, but it just looked kind of cheap compared to the first one. I think it had a lot of problems just, you know, getting money together and yeah. production. I did like Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I thought that was a fun movie, though. I think yeah, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's take a little bit of a break and come right back. I just kind of want to, like, uh, just take a break here. We've been going on for a little over an hour. Okay. So let's take a <laughs> little break. Good. We'll come back. I still have more movie news, so. Sweet. All right. Hey, we're back. Uh, got a few more news things, and then we're going to jump into our Gravity review. Uh, we all went and saw Gravity with Sandra Bullock and George Clooney, and so we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But I did want to go over some Marvel news real quick. Uh, Jay, I don't know if you saw this or Jake saw this, but uh, James McAvoy um, from uh, X-Men uh, First Class, he calls X-Men Days of Future Past, quote, potentially the biggest, most epic X-Men ever. Wow. 
So he was talking with IGN. McAvoy talked about what a huge undertaking the new X-Men movie was. He said, there's an army of brilliant actors in that film. Brian Singer is back at the helm. Potentially, it's going to be the biggest, most epic X-Men they've ever had. I think it's the second biggest production Fox has ever embarked upon behind Avatar. They're definitely going for it. So... Yeah, it sounds like this is this is pretty big. I mean, uh, I don't know what the budget is, um, but uh, sounds like they're going all for you know all for broke on this film. You guys there? Hello, hello. What the hell? Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Why is it still ringing? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Huh. Uh, yeah, it just cut out on us. I don't know what happened. I'm still recording. That was like the okay. Most, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're back. <laughs> and Whoops. we're back. Hey, it looks like all the technical issues are done with. <laughs> that was fucking weird, dude. I like asked you guys a question, like nobody responded. I'm like, am I that stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was saying that as soon as we went away, I was like, I bet Brian's still talking. I was, dude. I was totally talking. I was like, it sounds like Vox is going off or broke on this movie. <laughs> me, me and and then it was like crickets. <laughs> we, have, we have nothing to offer on that. <laughs> I know. I felt like a jackass. I was like, fuck, dude. I'm just, I sound like an idiot. These guys don't even know how to respond to my ridiculous ass. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Sorry. I'm going to keep this in. I don't give a shit. No, I think you should. It was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, God. You guys are going to get a kick out of listening to it. I didn't hear your end of it, the part I missed. <laughs> I was pretty quiet for the most part. I, like, repeated myself, hoping that... <laughs> <laughs> I, like, repeated myself, hoping that you guys would answer, and then there's nothing again. I'm like, oh, shit. Hey, guys, hello? Hello? I kept saying hello. <laughs> So weird, dude. Oh, shit. Oh, we were talking about X-Men. So um, th- what was the last thing that you guys remember me saying? Um, you just started talking about it, and that's right when it cut off. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> that's weird, dude. I went through like a whole quote. I'll, I'll read it again. Um, uh, McAvoy was talking with IGN, and he said – he was talking about the X-Men movie. He said there's an army of brilliant actors in that film. Brian Singer is back at the helm. Potentially, it's going to be the biggest, most epic X-Men they've ever had. I think it's the second biggest production Fox has ever embarked upon, behind Avatar. So they're definitely going for it. Okay. <clears throat> well, you know, uh, it's it's fine to say that, but I still feel like because Singer has such free reign on this and he doesn't really – he hasn't put anything out that said, I care about the source material – so I'm still kind of worried, even though I mean, maybe that you know, I'm sure people were saying that about X Men: Last Stand. Oh, this is going to be epic. Well, you he know? did meet. He did supposedly meet with Chris uh, Chris Claremont, correct? I didn't see that. I thought we talked about that a few weeks ago on an episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. That's right. Yep. Well, uh, I mean, that's kind of reassuring, but I, I don't. Did you see the uh, Quicksilver news that Evan Peters was talking about it? No, 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 no. I saw okay. the Aaron Taylor Johnson shit, but I didn't see right. that. Um, Evan the, Peters. 
Yeah, uh, Evan Peters said that this is a different Quicksilver than what everyone's used to, and that's because Singer um, is has his own take on everything. So he's basically saying he doesn't give a fuck, you know, about what the comic book version of Quicksilver is. That's and they've kind bullshit. of made him like this twitchy teenager type kid. That is bullshit. They have the best Quicksilver to work with because they can actually use his father. Yeah. And his sister, if they wanted to, which he's not going to be in there. Scarlet Witch is not going to be in the movie. And they can refer to him as a mutant, which is right. – you can't you can't do that in the Marvel Studios uh, version of Quicksilver. You can't have any mention of mutants or Magneto. It's like Fox has so much to work with and they're going to fuck it up. Yeah. Well, Evan Peters even said – he also said that you um, – you kind of got to go with your gut on this. Like Singer's just trying to make the best movie that he can, and he's just trying to go with his gut on it. Like there isn't any source material to pick from good X-Men stories. Right. <laughs> There's plenty. There's plenty to choose from. You don't have to guess on this. So, yeah. I, you know, nobody's saying that, oh, this is set in stone and it's such a good story. I haven't heard that yet. Yeah. Hey, Jake, remember when you were talking about Brian Singer having that interaction with Patrick Stewart when they were doing X-Men? Yes. Yeah, what was that story again? Repeat that for us. Yeah, he, uh, he Patrick Stewart asked Brian Singer while they were actually filming a scene if he could find out why he couldn't walk, so he could know the motivation behind his character a little better. <laughs> Brian Singer actually told him it didn't matter. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know why? Because he didn't fucking know. No. Yeah, I think he even. I think the exact quote was, "It's it's very convoluted and doesn't matter." Oh Jesus! Yeah, see, that's what I'm worried about. Fuck that. So it's you know, and Patrick Stewart, he's coming from a Shakespearean background and whatnot. You know, he just wants to know his character's motivations sure. and the whys of why he is. You know, he's not trying to get smart ass answers from right. Brian Singer. And I'm right. sure he's not used to working with a director that's that fucking idiotic as far as <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm sure he's used to working with directors that are actually familiar with the source material and respect the source material and would have a really uh, intelligent answer for him and be able to guide him. And that's what he is. He's a director. He's supposed to give direction. Yeah. Yeah. Christ, give him give him some source material for Christ's sake. Say, you know, I'm not it's convoluted and I don't quite understand it, but maybe you could find out more by reading this or, you know what right. I'm saying? Jesus right. Christ. Exactly. A lot of these actors actually go back and read a lot of the comic books to get a feel for the character. It'd be nice to know that your uh, director is doing the same fucking thing. Exactly. It's such a shame, too, because the cast is so great for yes. Days of Future Past. I think even um, even Evan Peters is that what what his name yeah, is yeah, from was, American Horror Story. Yes. I think he's great. I like him too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a uh, such a shame that Singer's just probably going to take a dump on all of this. You know, yeah. you're going to be like you're on speed because you're fast. Okay, and go. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have a leather jacket with lightning bolts on yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> because you're quick. All right, we're going to have you drink three five hour energy rush drinks. <laughs> yeah, you're really into those. You're, all right? Yeah, you're really into those. <laughs> hey, Mr. Singer, how did I get the ability to run run fast? It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look uh, at these sentinels. <laughs> you were uh, watching Speedy Gonzalez and you got hit by lightning. All right, uh, and <laughs> yeah. action. How's that for inspiration? You fuck. Now go. Arriba, arriba, hi, hi, hi. And then, okay. All right, we, <laughs> this show has gone off the fucking rails. Um, but. Uh, he, uh, it was cool. McAvoy also talked about how he and Patrick Stewart were on the uh, set together for only one day. Um, oh wow! 
And it was uh, Stewart's last day. He said, "He quote, it was Patrick Stewart's last day was my first day. And that was it. Then we were done. But we did cross over and we do get a scene together. Getting to work with Michael, talking about Michael Fassbender, again, was great. I spent a hell of a lot of time with Nick, which is Nicholas Holt. Uh, you guys remember him as the Beast. Yeah. Um, and then he was in, uh, what was that, uh, that new movie, Warm Bodies. I didn't see that. I haven't seen that either. He was also in Brian Singer's other movie, Jack the Giant Slayer, which I did not watch. The CG just looked awful. And that movie looked terrible. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say, weirdly, the people that I spent the most time with acting-wise was not Michael this time. It was Hugh Jackman and Nick. And while I bemoan the loss of my buddy Michael, it was more than made up for by the fact that Hugh and Nick are such amazing people. So it sounds like there's a really good chemistry on the set. Like these guys have a lot of, had a lot of fun together. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, go ahead, Jay. <laughs> no, I was just cool. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's not surprising that he spent the most time with Hugh from what we've heard. I mean, he's pretty much the central character of this movie. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, and you would assume that Beast has a, some kind of hand in the time travel aspect. Oh, dude. And especially with Nicholas Holt blowing up as an actor, he's, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, he, he's kind of a leading man now. Warm Bodies did really well. And, uh, you know, he's kind of becoming more of a big actor and he, I'm sure he's got a bigger part in this film because of that. Yeah. You know, and of course, you know, you're going to have Jennifer Lawrence in this film, which is pretty huge too. I'm sure she's getting a bigger part in it as well. Yeah. That's a plus. That's definitely a plus. Um, more of the days of future past news came out when Peter Dinklage spoke to entertainment, entertainment weekly. He said, I didn't want to play the villain. He's a man of science. He's a man of invention. He actually sees what he's doing as a good thing. Right. Uh, his ambition is definitely blind, and he's quite arrogant. He strove all his life for a certain respect and attention. So it sounds like to me like his character uh, of Bolivar Trask is kind of like the character Miles Dyson in Terminator 2. He's just using the technology to make things that he thinks will better serve humanity and not as something that is going to kill humanity or even mutants for that matter, I guess. I don't know, um, like in Days of Future Past. Um, I, I think that's a cool take on his character. And although I'm not really excited for the movie, I'm excited to see you know his performance as well as the interactions uh, you know between the young and the old characters. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you know McAvoy and Stewart and Fassbender and Ian McKellen. Yeah. And, you know, there's always been kind of that inferiority complex with Trask. So maybe they'll play to that a little bit and kind of have that side of them, you know, because all villains have, you know, kind of a fucked up reason they're doing that, you know, doing what they're doing or what is his actual reason to wanting to control mutants or like create these sentinels and all, all the technology See, I, there's a lot of stuff that I, I want to see in this. I just don't know if it's going to be played right or if it's going to happen even. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. There's a lot of great talent in this movie, but I think it all hinges on Brian Singer, which I still haven't seen. I don't know. I still haven't seen like a uh, awesome Brian Singer movie, except for maybe The Usual Suspects. Yeah, that's it for me. No, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, you can say the original X Men, but I don't know. No. Didn't do it I, for me, man. Didn't do I, it. I think for it's me. garbage too. Yeah. Uh, that you know. That being said, I think there's a lot riding on this movie. You know, X Men: The Last Stand was a was a critical flop in my opinion, and I don't know how it did financially, but it was a flop in my opinion, especially among you know comic fans. And 
And uh, but even though X Men First Class was like a success, I think if this movie sucks, um, I think it's the last we're going to see of Jackman as Wolverine, and, and we might not even get to see that X Force movie that they were talking about. Oh yeah, I think a lot hinges for the studio on this one, yeah. and and Brian Singer even. Right. Yeah, I think if this movie, you know, sucks ass, I think what they'll do is they'll just reboot the whole franchise after a few years. Yeah. Makes me hope the movie will suck ass, to be honest. <laughs> I agree. They'll, they'll probably come back in like five years and be like, all right, guys, we're going to have the new X-Men movie. We're rebooting it. And we've just signed Michael Bay as the director. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the day that you find me hanging myself in the closet. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. That's probably where we're heading. I don't want you to hang yourself, though. We'll stop you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of James McAvoy, he was uh, talking to Total Film, and this is like totally off topic, but he said he'd love to play Lion-O in a Thundercats movie. He'd be awesome as Lion-O. Are you <laughs> serious? Yeah, I could totally see it. Dude totally. is dude is five foot seven. I know, he's a small guy, but they could they could do you know special effects. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> he, he's going to be a lion for crying out loud. I guess if they can make the Hobbit small, maybe they can make uh, right. McAvoy big. But well, I, it would be like Avatar. You know, I'm they would not, just kind of build this thing. You know, uh, McAvoy's the last dude I want to see as Lion-O. Maybe as like I don't know. I don't want to see Star. him. <laughs> yeah, make a good <laughs> I was gonna say it, but I didn't want to. Jake did that. That's awesome. Uh, well, no. it's cool that he has interest in the property. You know, it's good that he's getting it out there. You know, we we do need a good Thundercats movie at some point. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd rather see Hugh Jackman as Lion-O than I would McAvoy. Yeah, Hugh Jackman would be great. Any of those characters, probably. Right, but you've got to have Vin Diesel as Panthro. Yeah. He is Panthro. He's totally Panthro. <laughs> Without the nun, yeah, I don't think I've seen him with nunchucks. But yeah, <laughs> who, are, who are you casting as Mumra in your uh, fantasy Thundercats movie? Oh, Mumra would probably be. Oh, dang. Who I don't know. Do you, do you have any suggestions? I was thinking maybe Walken. <laughs> Christopher Walken. <laughs> I am so glad that you guys aren't casting this Thundercats movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> so why no um <laughs> i was thinking <laughs> come on <laughs> no why yeah. no i need more cowbell <laughs> i forgot there's no cows here <laughs> i got a fever <laughs> oh my fuck the cows <laughs> <laughs> oh no man. jake <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going back into the corner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can get Danny DeVito to play Slythe. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it would. It would actually make sense. Yeah. He needs a career boost. Yeah, he needs something. Uh, <laughs> Christopher Walken is mum. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> and Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to go into more um, comic book movie news, um, this time Marvel Studios. According to Scarlett Johansson, Captain America Winter Soldier takes place two years after the events of the Avengers. She said the film is in real time. It's been two years since the characters appeared, and now both are agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fighting in the streets. We are not superheroes flying side by side. 
they help each other because we are fighting in a similar way. It's a working relationship. Um, just if you're curious, I also am going to point out, if you're curious, Iron Man 3 took place six months after Avengers, and Thor The Dark World takes place one year after. Okay. Okay. Uh, but um, Scarlett Johansson also talked about uh, Black Widow and the relationship with Cap. By a series of unfortunate encounters, they will be in a situation in which their friendship becomes more intimate. They share hmm. many similarities because they live on the defensive without relying on anyone. Also, the two have been working for the government throughout their professional careers. With their friendship, they began to question what they want and what is their true identity. Hmm. So a little bit of romance. Nice. I think that's a good thing. I mean, I kind of thought that it would be Hawkeye, though, so that's kind of weird. Yeah, a relationship. Yeah. Well, there might be a love triangle by the time we get to, hopefully not, but by the time we get to Avengers 2, I think that'd be weird to kind of throw that into that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah very Twilight for right. Avengers. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but who knows? I guess, I guess it yeah. could make him kind of a brother, Hawkeye kind of like an older brother kind of character maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I think it. I think it's cool. I, I, I want to see a little more, you know, in depth with both those characters. So if they can do them both together, that'd be great. I don't know if they're really writing Jeremy Renner as um, a future character. But I think once his contract's done, I think Renner's gone, um, unless his career takes a dive. Because I, I know what was it, the the Born Legacy. I don't think it did that well, um, which is why they're trying their damnedest to get. Um, Renner and Matt Damon together in a film to have both borns in a movie because that franchise really took a dip with that last movie. And then though some people liked it a lot, I just don't think Renner was really happy with his role in that first film. He's gone on the record and saying, you know, I was pretty much possessed by Loki or whatever, like controlled by Loki for most of that film. I didn't really get to showcase, you know, who Hawkeye is. And, right. You know, if you're reading Hawkeye, he, he's a, a, a reading Hawkeye, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. He's a really cool character. He's kind of a smartass, and I, I don't think Renner got to really showcase what a great actor he is in the Avengers. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of people didn't really care for Hawkeye in that movie. I kind of loved Hawkeye in that movie. Um, yeah, me too. So, well, I mean, Whedon himself has apologized for kind of what he did with Hawkeye and how it was kind of a necessary writing movie he had to do because he had so many characters he had to juggle, you know? Right. Yeah, he really did. And he did really well for what, uh, for all the, you know, actors that they had in that movie. Um, I just, I hope that Hawkeye plays a bigger part in this movie because I'd like to see Renner continue being Hawkeye. Yeah, I think he's perfect for it. And I think yeah. it's crazy that they're not talking about doing like a Hawkeye Black Widow movie. Yeah. Yeah, they should. They totally should. If they're going to do all these other short things, you know, with um, Agent Carter and all that stuff, you know, yeah. and he, if you're not going to do like a Hawkeye TV series to flesh him out a bit, then yeah, totally do it. People would totally go see that. I Scarlett Johansson and Renner, come on. Well, yeah, and okay, where's our Hawkeye in Phase 2 other than Age of Ultron? Where the fuck is our Hawkeye? Yeah, yeah agreed. Yep, they just kind of bury him, it he seems should, like. He should be in Winter Soldier, don't you think? Absolutely. And if they're going to tie um, Black Widow into Captain America, then why not introduce Mockingbird and have a Hawkeye and Mockingbird movie even? Yeah. I and mean, I would love that. I would too. I'd love to see uh, Kate Bishop brought into the world as well. 
Yes, definitely. So I don't know. God. I don't know what their plans are with Renner. I, I I hope he stays happy with the character, and I hope they flesh the character out more, and he's happy and sticks with Marvel Studios. I fucking love Jeremy Renner ever since I watched The Hurt Locker. Yeah, he was fantastic in that. Yeah. Um, Anthony Mackie, he's playing uh, Sam Wilson, who's better known as Falcon, the fans of Captain America comics. He was interviewed by MTV, and he talked about how Falcon isn't a sidekick, uh, sidekick to Cap, saying, It's interesting because a lot of people equate it, Cap and Falcon's relationship, to Batman and Robin. But the reality of it is it's more of a working relationship, a respect relationship as opposed to a leader and follower. The three of us, Steve, Sam, and Natasha, work really well together. Um, he also was led to believe, uh, I think from like, you know, directors and producers that he was more, a, pr- a more prominent character than he actually is when he told MTV, they sold me that I was the second lead in the movie. So there's hmm. a point where Cap gets hurt and I do everything for Cap and I get the script and that's not true. I get hurt, not Cap. Oh, geez. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I, he he also he talked about the future of that character too, though, didn't he? That that there was going to be more than just Captain America. He was definitely going to be back at some point. Uh, elaborate. I'm not. I'm not following. That that his character of Falcon will be back, not oh, okay. just he, not just in Captain America: Winter Soldier, but okay. there'll be more to him. Yeah. Okay. I read something about, on that. I are thought. you talking about like a future Captain America movie, or like a, or like an Avengers types? Well, they didn't say exactly. Okay. Then they just said he has a few. His character is still going to be around after Captain America. So. Okay. Yeah, and Anthony Mackie. Um, I've seen him in a few things. I really like him. And I heard like he was really playing up to fans at San Diego Comic-Con and having a great time with them. Yeah. Uh, he was making Falcon noises and running around, uh, you know, Hall H and shit and just <laughs> and uh, interacting with like fans and, and uh, having a lot of fun. So, you know, I hope that character is uh, I hope they can really showcase his talents. And and I hope that uh, there's a lot of Falcon fans out there. It'd be cool to see after, you know, Avengers uh, Age of Ultron comes out. A lot of kids dressing up as Falcon for Halloween and shit like that. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, he's an awesome character, so it'll be interesting to see how he is in live action as exactly. opposed to the comic books. Because who the yeah, fuck I, w- wouldn't want to fly and shoot guns? I know. <laughs> that, that costume definitely needs a uh, movie update, though. Yeah. Oh, I've, they've shown pictures yeah, of that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They showed him jumping off a... Uh, he dives off a helicarrier backwards and then flips around and starts shooting, and it looked pretty badass. Yeah, he's awesome. I, I just love how they have these human element characters in there. It's it's great that they – and Whedon's so good about that stuff, so I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely looking for – I think at this point, but right behind Guardians of the Galaxy, my most anticipated uh, Phase 2 movie, of course, other than, you know – Age of Ultron, but yeah, but I think after Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it's Cap too. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, I agree. And like we were saying on the San Diego episode, it's supposed to be the biggest link between the two phases. So yeah, I'm excited right. to see why that is. Yeah, right. I want to see Robert Redford in this movie too. Oh yeah, and I hope yeah. he's I hope he's like a villain. You know, kind of seems like he might be. Yeah, but yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, did you guys have any other news that you wanted to cover before we take a break and then jump into Gravity? 
Um, no, I just want to bring up real quick. This is kind of minor news relating to Amazing Spider-Man. Um, and it's kind of jumping the gun, I think. But Paul Giamatti has confirmed he will appear in Spider-Man 3. Hmm. Um, no word yet on number four. So this kind of adds to, you know, just the Sinister Six, you know, kind of rumors, which right. I think we all know is probably coming. But, yeah, he kind of jumped the gun and already said that, which kind of ruins it because it's like, well, you already know he's going to be back after the second one. So, yeah, you yeah. know, you already kind of are going to put that together while you're watching part two. So yeah, let's worry about one promoting one movie at a time. Yeah, they've really, really been doing this a lot with Spider-Man. So I don't know. You know, I think everyone knows that that's coming. But, you know, just a little tidbit about Amazing Spider-Man. I'm still looking forward to it. So, yeah, and it looks like they, they've already they're fast tracking these movies because like. Aren't they going to do five now? They're, they've guaranteed five movies, right? Yeah, it's four to five. Yeah, yeah it's, keep, it's four to five. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a guaranteed four-movie deal. Okay. I think it's four movies. Yeah, because they said that he hasn't confirmed on four. They didn't say right. anything else, so. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, Chris Cooper, what his role is in this film. Right. You know, as Norman Osborn, is he going to be a main villain? I, and... I don't know. And is Shailene Woodley going to come back as Mary Jane? Right. You know, she was, they filmed her parts for this, you know, the second film and now she's not going to be in it. And, uh, is she going to come back in the third one? I don't know. I, I think a lot of people said like, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate. A lot of people were saying that, that, that she's not pretty enough to be Mary Jane and things like that. Stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, she's very talented i i like i told you i watched her in that movie recently with miles teller and and it was fantastic she's so talented uh but you know i've seen her you know when she puts the makeup on and she she is a very pretty girl oh yeah so i'd like to see her i'd like to see her in that i'd like to see her kind of step in after you know emma watson if she does leave the franchise so right I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like they're putting out a lot of info, but they're not answering any of the really big questions. So that's good, at least. Yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm not really excited to see Amazing Spider-Man two. I don't know why. I just I'm not. I was more excited to see the original, and n- none of the news coming out has really got me kind of pumped. Yeah, pretty ho hum. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess maybe I, I it's time for me to see a trailer. Right. Yeah. Which is coming soon. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else? No, I think that about does it for me. Cool. Yeah, all right. We're going to pause real quick. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about Sandra Bullock and George Clooney in Gravity. Yes. Yes. Hey, we're back. We're going to start talking about uh, Gravity. Uh, Jake, you've got the synopsis and the, you know all the actors and stuff, if you could go over that. Yeah. Um, Gravity stars uh, Sandra Bullock as Dr. Ryan Stone. Um, George Clooney as Matt Kowalski, and um, they're really the only two principal actors. You also have Ed Harris as the mission control voice, but you never actually see him. And then a brief synopsis, um, Gravity, directed by Oscar nominee Alfonso Cuaron, stars stars them in a heart-pounding thriller that pulls you into the infinite and unforgiving realm of deep space. Bullock plays Dr. Ryan Stone, a brilliant medical engineer, on her first shuttle mission, with veteran astronaut Matt Kowalski. But on a seemingly routine spacewalk, disaster strikes. The shuttle is destroyed, leaving Stone and Kowalski completely alone. 
Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to rate this film. Uh, we do have a rating system. If it's your first time listening to the show, I'm going to go ahead and uh, have uh, an audio drop explain that for you. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Uh, Jay, you were saying that you wanted to go ahead and rate the movie first. So uh, please, go ahead. Yeah, I'll go ahead here. Um, I will give it a Tupperware. Um, I was trying to think of a good way to kind of sum this movie up. And after seeing it, I just kind of was sitting outside of my back porch. And I was thinking, you know, this is one of those movies that makes you happy to be alive after watching it. Um, it it's really visually um, just stunning. Um, but besides that, there's a lot of points this movie's trying to make, and I think it does it really well um, by, the, by the end of the film. And so I think they pulled off just so many different elements, the atmosphere. Um, and I saw this in IMAX 3D, which I think everyone should do yourself a favor and, and go see it in that, in that <clears throat> format. Um, just so immersive. I, I almost felt like I was having panic attacks at times in this movie. Um, it's not my favorite movie of this year. I know a lot of people have said that, um, prisoners is still my favorite. Um, but this was phenomenal. Um, everyone definitely should go out and check it out. And, uh, you know, we'll get more into that later. Just more of the reasons why this is so good, but yeah, just walked out of it. Happy to be alive. Just when it ended, I was like, man, life, life's not so bad. (laughs) Um, I am also going to give it a Tupperware. Um, I agree with Jay. Uh, when that movie was over, I felt like I drank eight Red Bulls. I was just running around in circles with excitement, having seen it. Um, yeah, I haven't felt like that since I was almost a kid, you know, It, it was just, white knuckle on the edge of my seat type of action movie. I The stakes felt real. It wasn't James Bond. I didn't know if the characters were going to make it or not make it or how they could make it. And I mean, just the visuals alone were just mind-blowing. Um, Alfonso Cuaron always blows me away with how long he goes without making a cut either. And this movie is no different. I mean, just right in the opening, I think it goes 15-plus minutes before you even see the movie make its first cut. Yeah. And oh, it was breathtaking. I I too have to give this movie a Tupperware. Um, this was not a movie. This was an actual experience. Yeah, you must see this movie in 3D. If, if you do not see it in 3D, you are doing yourself a disservice. Um, and a lot of people be like, I don't like 3D movies. 3D movies aren't you know they're not good. I'm telling you, if you do not watch this in 3D, you are doing yourself a disservice. Like It's the same thing like if you don't watch Avatar in 3D, you yeah. are doing yourself a disservice. Avatar is not about like the original, you know, the original uh, concept. It's more about the 3D experience. It's the same thing with like if you're going to go and look at uh, some of the – the the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. You, if you watch it on TV, it's not amazing, but if you see it in person, it's it's breathtaking. The right. same thing is like gravity. You have to see this movie in 3D. You feel like you are up there in space with her. Yeah, it is the closest thing that I've ever felt that a movie has ever made me feel like I was actually in space. Even more so, like than Alien. 
Um, there are times like I felt like you, I was actually floating there in space with her is like suspended. And the, it's just the camera angles and the cinematography that you know, Alfonso uses that, that really do that for me. Uh, it was so beautiful. Like, at certain parts, it feels like you're just kind of like suspended there watching the earth from space. And other times it's just fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like you could start floating out into space and get lost in uh, any moment. You could just be out in, in space like like space is an ocean. And yeah. you could just be taken away by the tide of space and lost in the abyss of the universe forever. You know, just spinning and hurling out there in space. It was fucking scary. It's like the opposite of being claustrophobic. Right. It's like you're not in a clo- enclosed space. You're just out there in the universe floating, and you've got no escape. There's nothing to grab onto. There's no rescue ship. There's no island. This was f- a fucked up movie. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I loved it too. I I can't wait till it comes out in Blu-ray to find out how they did all that stuff. I mean, I'm going to watch every special feature this movie has when it finally comes out. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm fascinated how they pulled that off. It was just so amazing. I think we talked a little bit earlier, like before, like going into this, we didn't give away each other's ratings, but we did talk a little bit about not getting too spoilery on this film because we do strongly believe that this movie is an experience and, and we don't want to spoil it for people that do want to listen to every episode. We, we want you to go out there and experience it for yourself. We highly recommend it. This is, I don't think this is a movie that you want to watch in the privacy of your own home. Uh, without the luxury of having like that, you know, huge screen in front of you, especially in the glasses on, because yeah, agreed. Yeah, th- this is this is an experience. This is it's a movie, but it's a movie experience. Yeah, I mean, think about all like there's a lot of um, first person, you know, ways that they film this, so you actually feel like these characters. You're actually like putting yourself in their shoes. Yeah. at times, <laughs> like you said, you feel like you're. You're right there with them, and sometimes you think you are them. You feel like you are with the 3D experience. So it, it really is something that I haven't really felt before with a 3D movie. And I, yeah, I mean, like, how? What did they research? You know, like everything is just so well, well um, detailed on the screen. Like they really knew what they were, you know, doing as far as like you know uh, NASA and how that operates and some of the equipment that they're using. It was really, really fascinating. I agree. Jay. I just read a quote from Buzz Aldrin the other day where he himself said it was the most realistic space movie he'd ever seen. Wow. wow. He'd never seen it portrayed more realistically. Yeah. How did they know? Like, I, I just, I'm sure they did the research, but I really want to see what they were looking at, you know? Yeah. I'm sure they looked at a lot of like space footage and, and, and things like that. I'm sure that they talked to people from NASA and I'm sure they talk to astronauts like Buzz Aldrin to get oh, yeah. to get a feel like what it's like. I mean, it's just crazy. They're they're looking at you, there's parts where like the the the, the, the screenshots they'll show you one angle where they are uh, looking down. It looks like you're, they're looking down at the actors looking down on the Earth, and then mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll 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 the camera will turn, and then you'll be looking out into space. Yeah, <laughs> all, yeah. all in incredible. the all in the same shot. Um, it, I felt like I was up there at times. It was because yeah. I tried to, I wanted to, I mean, it was, man, I, this movie really pulled me in and it's not like it's just the experience of like, Oh, beautiful cinematography. No, there, th- you get sucked into the characters. There are times where she doesn't need to say anything. You're just in the moment and it's all about survival and you are just, you're at the mercy of this movie and the events that are being played out in this movie. Yeah. 
I agree. You know, something else I really loved about this movie was it's it's running time. It was 90 yes. minutes. It was like a good pop song. You know, when it's over, you're like, man, I wish that song would have gone on for three more minutes. But, but you know, it didn't really need to. It got yeah. in and it got out. Absolutely. I'm really tired of all these summer movies that think they have to be three plus hours long or close to. I mean, this this was a perfect length. I I was anything but bored during this movie. And I love that it was it's it felt like 15 minutes. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. You know, you watch this movie in 3D to the point where I don't know about you guys and you're spinning constantly and things are moving. And and by the time it's the end of the movie, you almost feel like you stepped off a boat and your legs, yeah. you've got sea legs. Agreed. And I, you, I felt the same way. Yes. You know, uh, you uh, uh, that, that's bizarre. I've never felt like that in a movie ever. No. Like to the point, like constantly in this movie, things are moving and spinning and it's constant movement. By the end of the movie, I felt like I was like, wow, just getting my bearings. Yeah. Yeah. You were right there with, with Sandra Bullock's character yes. that whole time, she all was, the way till the end. She was so good. She was. And she was she, so I really like, that was my main drawback from going to see this, but I mean, she was amazing. Yeah. And Clooney was great too. Yes. I loved him as kind of the supporting role, you know? Right. But yeah, yeah, she she blew me away. And and that's the cool part about it too. You have this great visual masterpiece, but at the same time, her character is what makes this movie really cool. And you learn I, enough about her backstory to connect with yes, her. Yes. Yes, that's why. And and you know, you really like they really play the earth as a character, space as a character, Sandra Bullock's a character. It really all juxtaposes against each other. Yes. And and there's so many different um story elements that those really relate to when you see this. So you'll be piecing all those together as the movie goes while you're floating out in space and experiencing it, which is really awesome. I yeah. agree, Jay. Um you know, you see the trailer and you think what what substance can this movie have besides Sandra Bullock just floating around but it, it is such a character drama and there's yeah. such like detailed character motives for why things happen I like the so mis- much more to it yeah I like the mystery that the uh, trailer portrayed like they okay it, I'm not a spoiler but they show her floating in space and you're like okay what happens after that you know what happens right. where does you know does is she intercepted by aliens is you know what happens you know yeah nobody knows uh it, you know i even i kind of thought to myself is she going to go through a black hole you know I, I didn't know and and uh watching you know different things play out in the movie um i'm glad they made the choices that they did and uh man it was it was just fantastic um i don't know i don't want to get too spoilery on this one i really don't. how old is sandra bullock now 40s i would imagine she she is very very gorgeous in this movie I thought. <laughs> yeah yeah very very much so there's some really cool just kind of embryonic almost scenes with her that are just almost majestic and it, and that's really to the cinematographer's credit too um he really really shot this well with the characters in these elements which again is just i can't fathom how he thought of some of these shots you know mm-hmm yeah, um, she's right up there for me with uh, – I know it's completely different, but uh, she's right up there with the character of Ripley in uh, yeah, Alien yeah. for me now as far as this movie's concerned. Um, you know, of course, you know, different on a different level, but um, very strong female character in this movie, and that was awesome to see. I kept thinking to myself in a perfect world she would be uh, uh, Maria Hill in The Avengers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. 
But, you know, yeah. go ahead. Well, well, yeah, what I liked about it, too, was, um, you know, there there was a touch of sci-fi to it. Like you said, with, like, you know, Sigourney Weaver aliens, there's some times where you're like, are there aliens in this? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely that cool little sci-fi element to it. It's, it's very realistic, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, there's another side to it, which is really awesome. This is like a good roller coaster for me. I, I if if it's a fun roller coaster, I'm going to get on and I'm going to keep going again and again and again for the experience. Yeah, this movie actually made me feel like the closest I'm ever going to feel to being an astronaut and being out in space because of the 3D. And so, part of me just wants to get in the car next weekend and drive to the IMAX theater and watch this again. Yeah. Uh, to have that feeling as a child that was my dream was to be an astronaut but unfortunately i'm an imbecile and i couldn't get the grades to be an astronaut <laughs> it's a tough gig yeah <laughs> i agree with you brian it's actually playing at 10 10 p.m tonight and i've been seriously considering going after we record to see it again yeah it's it's it, it is an experience you're doing yourself like i said at the beginning of the review a disservice if you're not going to see us in 3d don't be a cheapskate and see this in 2D and don't be that person that's like, well, you don't have to watch this in 3D. 3D movies are a waste of money. You are dead fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. It, you know, when it comes to none this of the film. Peoria theaters even offer it in 2D. In, All the- in Springfield, they are offering it in 2D at the AMC theaters. Yeah, that's God. point. That is a waste of money. It is if a waste of money. You see it in 2D. Absolutely. I can't imagine it, seeing this on a 2D screen. Yeah, and, this and, was and made it, for 3D. Yes, it was. Now, can I say something? I know we always say that, you know, everything's an opinion and movies are an opinion and there's no right, right or wrong, but if you don't like this movie, I think you're an asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you don't like this movie, you're probably that dickhead that watched it in 2D. <laughs> yeah i mean it's got like what like 98 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah. so a few people didn't like it and those were the few people that saw it in 2d or they have really bad problems in their life i don't know the highest <laughs> highest rated rotten tomatoes movie since toy story 3 i believe oh wow, wow. yeah the so. t- toy story 3 and that was a great movie <laughs> oh yeah it was that was a fantastic movie uh Toy Story 3 scribe, he's writing um, – what movie is he doing? He's – oh, the Star Wars. He's doing Star yeah. Wars Episode Seven. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if Alfonso Cuaron was doing Star Wars? Oh, my God. A fucking 15-minute <laughs> lightsaber fight with no cut. They, I was thinking uh, about that about aliens. I was like, man, I wish this guy would do aliens. Yeah. Holy shit. Like an aliens – or like a Prometheus. Yeah. Oh, it would be so good. I am um, – I remember noticing Alfonso right away with the Harry Potter stuff because uh, Chris Columbus did the first two, and they were very cookie cutter. Where Chris Columbus just pointed the camera and did the thing, you know. And that third movie was so different with so many bold camera choices. And if you rewatch the third movie, it it's the first Harry Potter movie that's actually takes artistic filming direction. You know, it's it's so good. The, oh, yeah. the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that in theaters and no, and. Knowing that it, it, there was a different feel to that movie, and I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, some of the set, I think a lot of the set, like the different set pieces in that movie, really stick out to me. Like the um, the, the the scene with the werewolf in the tree. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, you know that, that was awesome. Whenever I think of that movie, that's what I think about. That that's uh, my eyes are just my 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 mind is just drawn to that scene. It was so it was so excellent. So. 
Um, yeah, but this the gravity, fantastic. Give it a Tupperware, like uh, the strongest <laughs> Tupperware I can give it. I, yeah. th- Jay said that this, you know, Prisoners was his favorite movie of the year. This movie did top Prisoners for me. Oh, okay. Um, uh, just because of that experience of me feeling like I was actually floating out there in space. Yeah. With her. It is, it is all, I almost feel addicted to, I want to go feel that again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Last week, you know, during the meet the leftovers, we talked about, you know, like I was saying, like Terminator two and Jurassic park and those, those big movies that really, you know, affected you. And this felt like that again. Yeah. It made me like after the movie, you know, even while the movie was playing and even after the movie got over with, I thought to myself, wow, Hollywood, you've done it again you've surprised me i thought i've seen it all and here it is again you guys you guys did it i don't know how you did it but you know we need we need uh visionaries like that and people can talk shit about james cameron all the fuck they want but the dude tries to do things that are new and he is a visionary and i gotta give him that but we do need a youth infused visionary and i think alfonso Cuaron is one of those these younger guys that he kind of gets what James Cameron's trying to do, and he wants it to be an experience. He, I can't wait to see what movies are in store for this guy in the future. Yeah, oh, the sky's the limit at this point yes. for Alfonso. Yes, absolutely. Oh man, fantastic movie! Oh my god, I I haven't cried so much in so long, and I'm man enough to admit that. Like there were so many scenes where I was just like, you, it's so intense. That you just can't help it. Like I'm trying to hold it back, you know. Hope nobody sees me. Good thing it's dark, you know. I didn't. But get, there was you, so many moments. I didn't get that. I didn't get that. And I and I am an emotional guy when I watch a movie. I'll admit. I, E.T. makes me tear up. Same thing with Titanic and all that shit. But oh yeah, um, this movie didn't do that for me. It was more of like I was just in awe. Like my, I I'll, literally my jaw was dropping at certain parts of this movie. My, my <laughs> yeah, mouth was wide open. I looked at my girlfriend, though, at the end of the movie, and it was hard for her to talk. Right. She was – emotionally, she was, like, telling me – she said something, like, to the effect of, like, I don't want to react right now because I don't want to cry in front of these people. I just wanted to hug people walking out. Like, just let them know everything's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, it was was joyous, too. Like I said, it was one of those movies where you're happy to be alive. It really gives you that when you see it. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Uh, definitely go out there, see it now. This movie needs more people to see it and uh, word of mouth. But honestly, it doesn't. It did quite well. I think it was on target to make fifty five million this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did very well. And I think it had a budget of anywhere they said anywhere between eighty to one hundred and twenty million. So it's that's amazing. Yeah, wow, it's definitely going to be able to pay itself off within the first week. Very cool. And you know, audiences are embracing the 3d again that, that that's kind of seen a major drop off in the last six months of audiences being a little bit smarter and going to yes. the 2d movies i'm and thank- this- yes i'm thankful for that too i'm sick of people and i was one of those people that was like i'm sick of people like i'm sick of cg i'm sick of 3d okay you sound like like my great grandparents who said <laughs> movies don't need sound <laughs> Why is there letterbox? Why is it a rectangle? Yeah, my mom still does that. We don't need we don't need movies in color. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to see color. I hate it. Okay, you know, when you're done telling screaming at kids to get off your lawn, maybe you should actually get off your lawn, get off your porch and enjoy life because there are good 3D movies. 
Yes. Yes. It's just been a while since we've seen one. Yes. We haven't seen one like this. Yeah. Right. Avatar, you know, I think the, the Hobbit was good, uh, and, and this was fantastic. And I think as more directors work with 3D, uh, and, and and start to understand how they can take advantage of the technology, I think we're going to get to see better 3D movies, especially I'm really excited for Jurassic Park 4, which is going to be filmed in 100% 3D. Nice. I'm curious to see what happens with uh, Episode 7 in the 3D. Yeah, I hope it's not post. Oh, me too. Post-converted to 3D. You know my thoughts on post-converted 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of it either. Uh, I, I think you know they're, you're paying the same price of a regular 3D ticket, but you're not getting the 3D experience that you should from like you know an Avatar film or you know from something that was filmed 100 percent in 3D. Right. Um, you know, like a movie like Hugo that I think was filmed in 3D. So, um, you know yeah. what? I saw. Um, I actually saw Gra- Gravity. Um, Thursday night as like a preview showing at 1030 at Carmike. Uh-huh. And the theater was practically empty. I think besides me and my friend, there was about eight other people in the theater. Huh. I was pretty surprised by that. Yeah. Um, I went to a theater that was not, I'd say it was uh, 80% packed, I guess. I mean, you know, not every seat was taken. Um, but uh, And I saw it yesterday, Saturday. But um, a lot more people than what it sounds like that you were that you had in your theater. I think people were just unaware they could even see it on Thursday, okay. more so than the movie. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it today. I had a pretty good turnout. Um, a, lot, a lot of older folks, uh, but yeah, you know, it was Sunday. So, but yeah, it was like midday. Um, I went to the eleven o'clock showing at IMAX, and yeah, there were a lot, there was quite a few people there so we didn't so talk you saw it in imax Jack? yeah imax 3d yeah oh, i want to see it yeah I'm it's, je- it's you have to i'm guys. jealous i'm jealous yeah. that you saw this in imax 3d yeah me me too <laughs> it was really just a timing thing for me but I, i'm really glad because it was so much i mean you you guys were immersed in it with just 3d think about imax so. oh yeah, yeah absolutely i remember seeing um star trek uh at an imax theater in orlando and it was mm. just mind-blowing yeah, um, you know this because you know you're in space at the beginning of that movie, and it, and it was fantastic. I can't imagine watching this movie in IMAX 3D with just wow, totally immersed. Uh, I almost to the point where if you maybe if you I don't know I'd like to hear stories if like people have like motion sickness during this movie. I, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. You might want to take some uh, what is that stuff called Bonine before you yeah <laughs> the Dramamine or whatever yeah, yeah Dramamine yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm afraid of heights, and so, like, it took me a minute for my stomach to be like, dude, it's cool, it's just a movie. I had to keep telling myself, yeah, you know, this is just a movie. Like I said, some panic started sinking in there. <laughs> but the- I like holding on to my seat, you know. You know, and I know we've, we've, been, we've been raving about, you know, Alfonso Cuaron and his, you know, visual, uh, you know, his eye for this uh, and his cinematography, but the actors were great. George Clooney was fantastic. Um Sandra Bullock was amazing. Yeah. So I'm not mean, a huge fan of either, but me, great. Yeah, me either. I used to be a big, you know, George Clooney fan back in the day, but you know, he I don't know, he he I don't know, he almost became like a uh parody of himself in in certain films. I liked him in The Descendants. Yeah. Um I, I did like that movie. And I, oh, did you guys see the preview for uh The Monument Men? No. no, I did not get that. Okay, yeah, that movie looks really good. It's him, Matt Damon, Bill Murray, um, Bill Murray, uh, John Goodman's in it. 
Oh, cool. It looks really good. It's a World War II based movie. Uh, looks fantastic. Um, kind of like a uh, Ocean's Eleven kind of setting in, in World War II where they are trying to uh, – it looks like they're trying to get some art from the Nazis because they don't want oh, the okay. Nazis to destroy this art because I guess it's maybe part of Jewish culture and they – and uh, it, it just looks really cool. I, I can't wait to see that movie in the theater. I think it comes out in December. Sounds like an awesome cast, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. I I got the RoboCop trailer. <laughs> oh, I got you? the Secret Life of Walter Mitty trailer. That just, I didn't get that. That looks just weird. It looks like uh, you know, if uh, Forrest Gump wasn't an idiot, it. You know what I mean? That's exactly how I described it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's that new uh, Tom Hanks general or? Oh, uh, uh, Colonel Phillips. Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, that that's looks really good. That's based on a true story. Um, I actually watched, like, it was a Dateline program or something, or 2020. I watched mm-hmm. the actual, you know, the events unfold on that show. It, it, it's amazing. And I hope that's they don't crazy. they don't need to stray from, like, the source, the original, like, story at all. They can just do it the way it was played out. They don't need to elaborate and right. like uh you know uh add any fiction to this story cuz like the actual story the way it played out is amazing. So. Yeah, it looked really cool. I was I was excited for that. So Yeah. And RoboCop actually looked really cool. So yeah, I'm looking forward to both of those. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, RoboCop's out in February and uh what is it? I think it's called Colonel Phillips. That's out now. I think. That's yeah. That's out now. So um, I, I've been waiting. I couldn't wait to talk to you guys about gravity. I'm glad I got a chance to. So oh, me neither. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, chewing at the bits. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I want to say is just like if if you're kind of on the fence about seeing this movie uh, because you you're not a big Sandra Bullock fan or not a big George Clooney fan, uh, you know, set that off to the side. You know, don't don't even think about that. Uh, go to go and see this movie right now. You know, get in the car, you know, pay the extra, you know, three, four, five bucks, whatever it costs to see it on IMAX 3D or just regular 3D, you will not be disappointed. Yeah, or just buy a ticket to Don John and sneak into gravity. Exactly. <laughs> Save yourself the three bucks. Just make sure to bring your own 3D glasses. Yeah. Or you can just dig into the recycle bin and grab one. I've done that before myself. <laughs> just don't, these are sweaty <laughs> just don't try to watch Don John in 3D it's really weird <laughs> alright guys I think we're done this week I've had a lot of fun Yes. Uh, yeah we're doing it 904 time to see gravity a second time there yeah. you go um, next week hopefully uh, we might have a new addition to the show hmm. um, yeah uh, so we you might be introduced to a new leftover uh, trying to work out some technical uh, issues on her end. And yes, I did say her. So uh, join us next week. We hopefully will have a new a new host on the show. Yeah. So just a little teaser to make you come back next week. <laughs> Spoiler. I'm not getting fired again. again am I? <laughs> We've been we talking about it. can't guarantee that. <laughs> no, your position, your position in the Army is safe, Jake. <laughs> you've, you've secured a position. <laughs> Not only in the army, but in our hearts. <laughs> oh man! And Jacob Harmons. <laughs> and Jacob Harmons. <laughs> Not so much Petey's. N- he no, did apologize. He, yeah, he said he likes you, dude. He has nothing yeah. against you. Did you see I, that? I, I haven't seen that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it was on Twitter. I'll check it out. Yeah. All right. I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry, Petey. I forgive you. I thought it was going to be like a uh, like a Hatfield McCoy kind of feud between you two on Twitter. 
Yeah, kind of farted out. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to have a Twitter war with him, but he wouldn't participate. (laughs) He's above that shit. He might now. (laughs) Egging him on. Dude, I haven't heard from uh, Blaine McLean for a while. Yeah, where is Blaine McLean? I don't know. Hmm. We'll have to find that out. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard from Michael Cornish in a while. He, I think he said, fuck the leftovers. and he's <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> and, We've all been there. <laughs> of course, Jay mispronounced uh, one of our listeners' names tonight, so that guy's never going to listen again. Yeah, he's going to be pissed. Mispronounced no, and laughed about it. And laughed about it. You know, but that's the thing. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it sounds like some dorky Lord of the Rings day. I, I, I mean, no offense to him. I don't even know him. It's Dude, nothing personal. Dude's got a, <laughs> Dude's got a cool original name. It's not like no, it is. Yeah. What? My name's fucking Brian. Right. Like okay. I, I'm Jake. Yeah. yeah. I'm named after the fucking dog on Family Guy. Whoop the fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm named after the fucking shirtless Twilight werewolf. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Hey, both 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 are canines. Yeah, good point. Yeah, we, have, we, we have a lot in common. <laughs> All right, let's end this fucker so you can go see Gravity. Wrap it up. All right. Hey, we'll see you uh, guys next week. See ya. Later. Laters. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking It's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean, erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.